Yes Have Some podcast is brought to you by Carnivorous Creations, your one-stop shop for all of your proton pack building needs. If you're in the market for a proton pack, head to carnivoruscreations.com. That's carnivorous with a K. You're going to find aluminum motherboards, resin parts, fiberglass shells, and a whole lot more. Find them on Facebook at Carnivorous Creations or head straight to carnivoruscreations.com. Remember carnivorous with a K and get started on an authentic screen accurate proton pack. Do you want some uh, coffee, Mr. Tully? Do I? Yes, have some. Yes, have some. We got one! It's time for another episode of Yes, Have Some Podcast. Look at him in really bad shape. Come on, please, please. Your weekly pop culture therapy session. Give me, give me, give me. I need, I need. Subscribe on iTunes by searching for Yes Have Some in the iTunes store or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yeshavesomecast. Sick vandalism. That is a deliberate mutilation of a public service message. And now, hold on to your butts and get ready to get stressed with your hosts, Craig Goldberg, Abigail Gardner, and Jacob Walsh. We're mutants. There's something wrong with us. Something very, very wrong with us. All right, welcome to episode 18 of Yes Have Some Podcast. My name is Craig Goldberg. I am here, as always, with my two wonderful, beautiful, unbelievable, I need new adjectives. Stylish. Stylish. West Coast living. Whoa, I'm on West Coast time. Co-hosts, Abigail Gardner. What's up, guys? And Jacob Walsh. Whoa, 18? We're 18. 18. Guys, Dude. We're growing up so fast. Some of those chords are pretty hard. We can buy cigarettes. <laughs> Mr. Ross is a pretty good guitarist. And we can buy cigarettes. We can buy <laughs> Ghostbusters lottery tickets. Regular um, or mentholated? Do I say it? I go, is it it's menthol? It's menthol. 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 I always fuck it up. You've been stuck but on it. It's fine, though. It's fine. You're it's not going to join the Foot Clan. You're a good I'm person. I'm never going to do that. I wouldn't steal. Hey, Foot Stinks. Yeah, Ooh. Ooh. shots fired. Bite the weenie, Riz. That's a yes. grease reference. Yikes. All right, guys. Ooh. All right. Do you know what this is? This is the big oh, one. Yeah? We're talking about grease? Yeah. We're talking about grease. <laughs> the grease episode. Guys, we've been building up to this. Um, We <sighs> started Yes Have Some podcast in February this year. Uh, we talk about lots of stuff, but mostly Ghostbusters. Uh, obviously there's a lot going on in the Ghostbusters world. There is a new movie. I don't know if anybody's, uh, heard about this. Comes out. What? Officially Friday, July 15th, but will be in theaters, um, the day that we are releasing this episode, which is Thursday the 14th. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Yes Have Some podcast, full spoiler review and breakdown. Full frontal. Full frontal. Really naked. Flasher ghost. Mr. Kalchevsky, Alan smashed my Twinkie, (laughs) we're 18. Uh, This is it. We've all seen Ghostbusters twice. Uh, We had the amazing opportunity to go out to Hollywood, California, attend the red carpet festivities, mingle with the stars, see our friends from all over the country, and uh, see Ghostbusters in one of the most amazing theater setups in the world. Um, which we're going to be talking about here in a second. And then we came back on a red-eye flight, recorded a podcast. What the fuck? And uh, we saw Ghostbusters again at a press screening in Atlanta um, on Monday. So we've seen the movie twice. Um, 
we all feel pretty good about talking. How do we feel? Well, as far as... Okay, so here's the thing. We've seen it twice. I feel like I took it all in. I'm going to see it ten more times. Um, Before we kind of start breaking down the movie and give our thoughts and feelings, why don't we just talk about what is stressing us out? Because we just did a lot of traveling. and uh, I need it. I think we need it. I think we need a little... Little quick gimme, stress gimme. therapy session. Jake, I need, what do you think, I man? Need. You know, I mean, b- before we go any further, I think we just need to um, go ahead and say a big thank you to our co-host of uh, the last episode. Um, I can't quite remember his name, but uh, the pilot of uh, yeah. uh, our flight, he, uh, he he stepped right in when we needed him, and oh, he was full of information, and yeah. um, he kept the light on for us. People tune for in half of the podcast. People so. tune into podcasts for information, yeah, and for opinions. And that guy, the co—I think he was the co-pilot, whatever he was, he was the co-pilot from American Airlines. There was a lady pilot. It was the reboot flight. He had so yeah. much information. He knew how. Oh. He knew how high in the air the plane yes. was. He knew when we were going to get there. How did he know when we were going to get there, That's dude? Insane. He, you know, we there, there was a lull in the podcast. We get we got to a point where you know we maybe we were a little tired. It was really late. Um, we were full of food and full of feelings. He was great time. And, he he heard us, you know, just kind of not knowing what to say, and he, he jumped right in. And I want to thank him. He was there for us, and he helped, uh, you know, get us safely home. He did. That's the through best the thing he did was not um, crash that plane. Yeah. Un- unless, <sighs> hold on, though. Maybe, maybe the plane did crash. Go on. And maybe uh, – Tomorrow we're all gonna wake up in Sideways church. Universe. Um, <laughs> I'm and... real. You're real. <laughs> it's all I, I real. I don't know. We gotta go back. So what you're saying? We is... gotta go back. Wait, am I gonna have like a weird kid in this universe? Yes. Is that gonna surprise me at some point? Because fuck that. Let's go back to this church right now. Let's end this podcast and go back. So this is our. <laughs> this is the podcast episode we've been building up for six or seven months. We've been nothing but excited about seeing this movie. We've been yapping for about seven or eight about minutes. About Greece and Lost. We've talked about Greece. We've talked about Ninja Turtles. We've talked about Lost. Guys. We're edging. We're just teasing. How do, hard are we, we flirting with y'all? We're flirting. Oh, I'm flirting. I'm, I'm flirting like Jillian Holtzman oh! to uh, Aaron Gilbert. Oh! oh! Do you come here hey, often? I'm writing my uh, I'm writing my slash fan fiction right oh! now. Oh! Scissor! Sisters! Oh! <laughs> Whoa, you guys have doing the hand motions. Stop you can't doing see that, it. Abby. Stop doing it. I cannot stop doing it. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh. Abigail. Please. Jacob, I have a question for yes. you. Yes. Oh, my. What is it? What is stressing you out? Fuck. Who's going Fuck. first? Um, I'll, I mean, I guess I can start. I've, yeah. I have several stresses. Um, <clears throat> I've written them down. Here we go. Uh, let's see. I have uh, two silver Sharpies. One of them has been in Dan Aykroyd's mouth, but I don't know which one it is. I have no way of knowing, but I've tried to think of how to determine this. Um, I feel like this story wait, might warrant on, a little Dan, backstory. Dan, wait, wait, is it Dan, Ac- Dan Aykroyd the actor? Yes. You sure it's not like the dentist? Or... Uh, oh, no. Making it, sure. No, it, I, it is definitely the Dan Aykroyd who is the actor uh, Ray Sands himself uh, was on the red carpet. Well, the black and green carpet, if you want to get technical. Um, right. We were in the front row. This is just skipping ahead to our uh, Saturday 
um, event, which was um, for the premiere, and we were all as fans in the bleachers, um, on the sidelines, but very close to uh, the stars as they were walking down. And of course, Craig and Jacob and myself, we being the Yes Have Some podcast, made it our fucking business to get front row, um, got in line early, and we were able to get a lot of stuff signed. We all know what Jake had signed. Um, well, uh, anyway, so as Dan Aykroyd was approaching us, um, we were kind of at the end of the line, and he was uh, signing stuff with a silver Sharpie that he had on his person, which was, as Jake observed, in his mouth several times. So it was all swirling and swishing around in there. And then uh, he signed uh, Craig's um, MT500, and then the pen back in uh his hand and i think set it down next to my foot on the bleacher because it was like he was done with it and like he was gonna walk in to watch the movie so like fuck that sharpie he's dan Aykroyd. who needs it right so i grabbed that sharpie and put it um into my uniform and zipped it up and then upon returning to the hotel room i had also acquired another silver sharpie and I don't know which one was Dan Aykroyd's. And I want to, like, take cultures or, like, fingerprints or figure out how. Cause, we like, need. We want we, some, like, I want to clone it. We we're need, taking that thing to a lab. We're taking it to <laughs> a lab. Um, lab. We need Holtzman's lab. We need to make a whole Jurassic Park of Dan Aykroyd. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, That's a great idea. You say you have a blue Okay, brother? so, yeah. Hello, that, Dan. That Hello, was, Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. Yeah, okay, so... Also- we clocked the Dan at 35 miles per hour. <laughs> you have a Dan Aykroyd? Yeah! yeah. <laughs> we spared no expense. All right, so number two. The Dan Aykroyd's are lethal. <laughs> and I do mean lethal. <laughs> all right, spin kick. Uh, here Wait, we you go. you have a second stress? I have so many. Yes, I have like four stresses, maybe five. Two, I was not able to perform basic motor skills in the presence of Kate McKinnon, Kristen Wiig, Leslie Jones, and Melissa McCarthy. Um, so I'm really glad that my dream scenario where, like, I was going to just, like, walk in, like, to a bathroom and have a conversation with them. I'm really glad that didn't happen because I, like, totally melted. They are so magnetic and, like, beautiful. And, like, they, they are just so deserving of all the praise that they're getting right now. And I'm I'm so happy that all of this is happening. But I am a little bit upset with my own because I just like melted into a little puddle and like I feel like the the ectoplasmic residue that Kristen Wiig slipped on in the opening or uh, yeah I guess that was one of the opening scenes in the Aldridge um mansion and I fucking love them and they were beautiful and they uh, especially Leslie Jones which I mentioned on our plane cast she just fucking stole the carpet and she looked amazing I mean not to say that you didn't lose your motor skills but i thought we were all i was shaking and we i were couldn't all say anything a little bit overwhelmed you know where i mean it was a big i didn't have anything to get signed we it was in my ent- fanny pack i considered getting signed guys i'm standing there wearing a motherfucking fanny pack on the front row trying to think <laughs> like trying to be cool and like there's all these la people and Kristen wig is stunning and she's got the bluest eyes and like she looked right at us and i took a really great photo of her which was amazing and kate mckinnon was like effortless and just they were so funny and they just had so many great interactions with all the kids that were out there in their uh reboot suits that did like a dance number which was like so disney and like throwback 90s and exciting um speaking of red carpet 
let me just jump on to my next trust. Carpet Gate 2016, aka we lost our carpet swatch. Um, <laughs> this, hey, yes. Shout out to Megan and Bob um, of the, I believe, Dallas Fort Worth Ghostbusters. Um, they took like an enormous sized portion of carpet and like got it from whoever like what that was the people that were yeah, tearing it down. Yeah, to kind of paint a picture, it, the so it wasn't a traditional red carpet. One side was black with the giant Ghostbusters logo, and then the other side was, like, green slime. Right. So the, the DFW guys got, um, I don't know, it looked like... A huge burrito. 50 square yards or something of <laughs> It was of on top carpet. of their ecto. It was so badass. Like, we were walking in to get some uh, lunch. We walked past this ecto, and we see that roll, and we were like, oh, I want some of that. I wish we had gotten some of the carpet, because, like, we'd all kind of talked about it, but, like, none of us had the balls to, like, just jump down there and cut it off ourselves. So anyway, uh, we went in and we had some lunch and all those guys were on the inside, like just a giant group of GBs sitting in like the back room. We interacted, got a good photo. And then uh, upon their leaving, like Megan, or was it Bob? I can't remember. I think it was both of them who uh, brought and dropped off uh, like a swatch of the uh, green carpet for us, which was like so awesome. Um, And then... Like a bunch of assholes, we left the table to pay, and it got cleared up by the uh, busboy or whatever, and was gone forever. We were not able to track it down. So. We called the restaurant. Yeah. Like in the, crazy mo- people. Most of the time, you you le- leave something at a restaurant. It's like, hey, I left a wallet in my booth, or hey, did you pick up some sunglasses? But we're like, hey, um, very important carpet swatch. Do you have? Any green carpet that was left over? Did you <laughs> did you save that? Is it I'm in your like, lost and found? Okay, actually, let me say what actually happened. Ray Esposito of Ghostbusters uh, Universe News, who he kind of spent the day with Sunday, he's the one who called. He's a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart. And he was helping us out, but uh, we did lose those pieces of carpet. So, Jake, I think you got yours, though. Oh, I definitely still have mine. Uh, And I just want to say thanks to those guys for for doing that for us because that was super cool, and we were literally just talking about how much we wanted some some of that carpet, and those guys just brought it in. I do still have mine. Uh, I think I'm going to frame it. I'm going to frame it along with this stupid fucking Slimer head that I got signed. You ain't doing shit. You ain't doing that. You ain't doing that. I'm wearing that mask. Oh, Jake, little side note. Okay. Um, I think his name's Adam Ray, the guy who played Slimer. He did his voice in the new movie. Yeah. Have you seen his audition tape that he sent in? Oh, I have not. It's worth a watch. I need to. Spoiler alert, he's wearing the Slimer mask on his face. Oh, man, (laughs) and I didn't get him to sign it? You need to get a mannequin of him, and then you need to put the mask on. We gotta get back. We need to find that that turntable thing, uh, you know, on the island that puts us back in time a little bit. The the frozen donkey wheel. Frozen donkey wheel. We need to find that. Yeah, uh, guys. Uh, also, lastly, Dragon Con is in 49 days, so what the fuck? Oh, shit. I can't even I don't think about that. Not to, like, everyone's like, nah, that doesn't register. That ain't real. We're on West Coast time. Jake, I have a question for <laughs> you. Thank you, Abigail. That was Yeah, good. dude, That's what's it. up, man? Those are my stresses. Um, what, uh, what? Dude, what is stressing you out? So, okay, so first of all, like, besides the fact that I do have this Slimer mask thing, on my display shelf and it just looks dumb sitting there like (laughs) there's no good way to display that thing and i don't know i'm gonna figure that out uh because it's god it's so amazing it just looks flaccid yeah it's just a weird piece of like it's a you know it's it's probably a ghostbusters item i never would have bought ever 
but like you know I'm, I'm really fortunate to have been given that and 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 actually have something to get signed and i mean it's signed by seven you know ghostbuster people you know yeah. it, three of the four girls dan Aykroyd, ernie hudson paul feig ivan reitman it it's amazing to have seven signatures on one thing it kind of doesn't matter what it is at this point it's right. just it's just really cool to have um so stressing though this is what i'm stressed about it's kind of a weird thing uh so the score to this movie came out last week right and first of all it is amazing it is the very score amazing. to this movie is fucking amazing we'll Theodore get to Shapiro. it yeah we'll we'll get to that but the soundtrack um, the, the official release date on the soundtrack is uh, the 15th, Friday. Same day as the um, movie. Same day as the movie. Yeah. Um, they've been, like, slowly releasing tracks. And then I heard something, uh, you know, last week about there being some sort of leak. Uh, and then all these things started popping up where people were like, oh, uh, maybe it's leaked because you can go to Walmart and buy it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a couple people buy it. So I've been checking it out. I, I went to Walmart tonight, and they had it. Awesome, man! Congratulations. So I fucking bought it. So I'm listening to it, and this is this is what I'm stressed out about. So I've already listened through the score. Score is amazing. Listen through the soundtrack, and so the like the Ghostbuster theme that's in the trailers is nowhere to be found. And they've kind of been teasing us with that with that track, right? Um, yeah. And I know you guys have done the same thing, but like, I'll find myself on YouTube listening to, uh, you know, versions of it that other people have kind of like glued and pasted together, so you can kind of yeah. listen to the full length. Are we uh, talking about that thing that busts out during the battle for Times Square? No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. We're the talking trailer. about the one during the trailer, gotcha. like the trailer oh. to the movie. That is nowhere. The the, the drop beat semi electronic. Uh, yeah, gotcha, the gotcha. kind of the kind of technoish sounding thing yeah, that's in all the trailers. Yeah, okay. It's so, not on the fucking guys. It sounds soundtrack. exactly like what I was just singing. It sounded yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> I'll, just get you to, I'll just get you to record guys, me like it. a three minute version. I know it's like I'm, it's crazy. Uh, that's crazy because I wonder. I've never paid this close attention to a movie, but you would think with something being on the tra- all the trailers. Um, and it's based on the Ghostbusters theme that it would that that it would be on the soundtrack, but it's not in the movie anywhere. It's not in the movie. It's not on the fucking soundtrack. And then here's the other part of it. So we're we're at the uh, the premiere last week, and uh, while everyone was waiting, they played some music, and they played uh, thirty seconds of each song from the soundtrack. So we got to get like a little taste, right? So they go through all of that, and then there was another Ghostbusters theme mixed in with it. Um, and it was kind of like it had electric guitars. It was almost kind of like a rock version. Yeah, it was like kind of hard rock. There might have been yeah, some horns, it, yeah. It was like a little, you know, it was a little faster paced. It had horns still doing the, uh, you know, the main part. And it was amazing. And I remember looking over to you, Craig, and just being like, whoa, 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 whoa. Which one is this? This isn't anyone we've heard. This isn't, you know, we know this isn't Pentatonix. We like we what is this? Right. So then we watched the movie that night and it's in the credits. Like 
So the credits roll, they go through songs, and then closer to the end of the credits, this version of the song plays. And I'm just like, whoa, this is the best version of the song. Right. Right. Also, not on the fucking soundtrack. Hey, man. Maybe they're going to release a second soundtrack. That happens. Well, that makes no sense at all. Boogie Nights has two soundtracks. Why? I don't I don't know, man. It's just I, the only thing I can think of is that both of those songs are the Ghostbusters song. And maybe they were like, oh, we don't need six versions of the Ghostbusters song. Yes, they do. We do. But they do. They, yeah, they definitely do. do. You can put two more tracks on here. I want as many versions of the Ghostbusters theme that you will give me. And those two versions of the theme, I think, are maybe better than some of the versions that did end up on the soundtrack. Right. I really right. want to listen to that to both of those songs all the way through. And we basically have two, uh, you know, albums of music from this movie. And for some reason, two of the best tracks aren't on either one of them. Right. Now, going back to the one that's in the trailers, um, there is kind of an orchestral version of that in the battle of times square track. Yes. Um, it, on on the score and we it's the Jillian Holtzman scene that I'm sure we're going to be breaking down here in a couple minutes. Um, that's personally my f- favorite moment in the movie, my favorite track. Um, but that it's not very it's not electronic. You could hear no. It's, it's I mean it's the Ghostbuster theme, but it's not right. the same thing right. at all. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, well, cool, man. Well, hey, at least you got the soundtrack early. You've been listening to that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it's we're still good. There's still there. some good songs on it that um. You know that we haven't heard yet, right? So there, there's still some good stuff. Oh, in the the Ray Parker theme yeah. sounds amazing. It sounds like it was recorded yesterday. Really, right on. it sounds really good. I guess they remastered it. I don't. Yeah, think they you can you can tell it, they right? remastered it, and it almost sounds like there might be a couple of little, um, like additions to it. Yeah, some additions to it that I that I didn't recognize. But dude, it, it sounds great. Right well, on, damn, man. dude. Um, well, cool, man. Uh, you guys. Hey, I'm stressed. Is there something we can what? Ask what you? is it, man? What, well, what's I'm here? St- I'm stressed because I'm ready to talk about. Finally, I'm ready to talk about this movie after I don't know whatever it's been 27 years. We're about to fully break down a new Ghostbusters movie, um, and I can't wait for everybody to see it. Uh, see it. A lot of our friends have seen it. Um, I'm I'm hoping if you're listening to this that you have seen it. Um, if you have not seen the movie yet and you're listening to this episode then stop it stop go watch it and then come back because really the movie is extremely fun it's extremely entertaining it's a love letter to yes. ghostbusters fans it really really dripping is dripping with positively charged slime yeah um so i'm stressed out if you're listening and you haven't watched the movie yet cuz you're about to spoil it um but my personal stress and i'll go through this quick is that I had a 30-second conversation with Kristen Wiig in Hollywood, California the Uh other day. And Uh um, that's not something I ever thought was going to happen. But I had kind of fantasized about that before, and it didn't necessarily go or end like I thought it would. (laughs) (laughs) What did you want it to be? I wanted it to be like... I'm at a Starbucks. Will you marry me? Uh, yeah. We're, yes. I'm, I'm having some sort of a Danish. She walks in. Her credit card's not There's working. There's like a little flake on your yeah. mustache. And, you know, we kind of have like a fun conversation. And maybe she's like, hey, I'm about, I'm about to go to this bookstore. Do you want to hang out? 
And then, you know, we, we spend the day together, but it's like a lost in translation thing because I'm in a relationship. And then I whisper in her ear, um, and it's dirty. Okay. <laughs> it's very dirty. Very, very dirty. And, uh, and then she just, slaps you. And then she and hits then me. And then she kisses you. And then we kiss. And then you slap her. And then I- <laughs> oh, what happened? Uh, none of that happened. I talked. I mumbled. I stumbled. I think I was kept my composure. Um, but there's like a million versions of it out there. Yeah, on the internet. I, I don't part know. Of B-roll for a lot of she is awesome. She is beautiful, and she's one of my favorite people in the world. And I'm really excited that she's a Ghostbuster. And I guess that's not even stress. It's more of just the I can't believe this happened, and I'm really, I'm really happy. I'm just happy. Dude, but- I think I think you did well. I think your little your little conversation was fine because when I'm in those kind of situations, I I just kind of clam up and I'm like, nope, <laughs> I won't say I won't say anything. Like I when can't I met say when I met Richard Dreyfus, like I had no idea. Like it was like one on one, and they give you you know they gave me you know the opportunity to talk to him, and I was just like, I, I like Jaws, I like, you know, like I, like I, I, yeah. I kind of clam up. So I I think you did well. I think it was a normal human interaction. Like you asked her a question and like. It was a it was a kind of funny little. Uh, I, I thought it was. I thought you did good. Yeah. So she came out. I was up, proud of you. So it, it was pandemonium. Everybody's screaming. We lock eyes, and I look at her and I go, "Guys, hey, what are you doing here?" And she's like, <laughs> "I don't know." And I'm like, "This is insane." She's like, "This is crazy." And I'm like, "Yeah, this is great. Congratulations." And she said, "Thank you." And then it was over. Um, but I've been replaying that through my mind. Um, in my dreams, uh, <laughs> every do you just, night. Do you just like sound stupider and like just more yeah. idiotic to yourself All every I time you replay was, it? We love you, Kristen. <laughs> I sounded like a. Fu- I went back and rewatched my videos. I just say some extremely obscene things, and it makes them so that I cannot post these videos because there's just I I completely lost my composure. I. I just I just say really dirty things and I I wish those videos were postable but that's eh, all good. <laughs> Guys, I'm not going to lie. It's time. This is what we've been waiting for. We're going to talk about the movie starting right now. Are you guys ready? Well, no. Here we go. This is where we should play the uh, the theme. The funeral music cuz yeah. our childhoods are dead. Oh. They're gone. And they're coming back as ghosts. Why don't we start off real quick, go around the table and give it a rating. Should we do like a thumbs up, one to ten, one to five, five star, four star? What ABCs. do you guys like? ABCs. <laughs> um, whatever. It was good. Like two butterflies and like three stars. Yeah. Uh, and let's go with one to ten. The like laughing, crying emoji, like ten of those. Cool. I'll start. One to ten. Ghostbusters 2016. After all the buildup, the controversy... The hate, the love, two sides fighting it out. I give this movie a 9 out of 10. I was going to say 9. I fucking loved this movie. After the first time we saw the screening in Hollywood, it was a very long, hot day in uniform. I came out of it. I liked it a lot, but I was delirious. I felt like I had processed about a third of the movie and knew I had to see it another time to take it all in. After the second screening... I was hit in the gut with positivity, and the movie is fun, and it does the one thing that a Ghostbusters movie is supposed to do, and that is it makes you happy. Mm -hmm. This movie makes me so happy. Amen! 
I give it a nine. I give the movie a nine. And it, it's not even like, how does it compare to the other ones? Ghostbusters, for me, when I talk about my favorite movies, I can give you my top five or whatever. Ghostbusters does not get ranked. Ghostbusters 2 does not get ranked. This movie does not get ranked. They all live in the same plane of existence. It is a Ghostbusters priceless. film. It is priceless. And I love it. I give it a nine. Abigail? Yeah, it's like we won't, we can't put a number on it, but we're giving it a nine. Um, but that's how I feel. Like, is <laughs> the it only reason ab- I can't give it a ten is not because absolute perfection. Ghostbusters, the original 1984, will always be a ten, and this I think is it's as a perfect good as movie. It fucking gets. But this is good. This, this is, is really good. Beyond good. Um, I felt the same way that first viewing. I mean, talk about like just a, an unending roller coaster, like emotionally. Um, being, you know, that close to the stars and interacting with them. Um, plus just like the being out in the sun in your gear for and exposed for hours at a time. Um, and then rooftop pizza and then like kind of several hours of what's going on. And then, oh, we're actually going to the Chinese theater and then sitting down and having Paul Feig introduce the, um, film to us, which by the way, thanks to him and, um, you know Sony and everyone and Eric who put that together for having us in the Chinese theater which was super nice having that huge screen free popcorn and free coke that was like just it was so awesome um but it was like such a wash and I've heard uh Star Wars like diehard fans uh say that the Force Awakens like their first viewing was like a blackout like a blur like they didn't know what was happening and what to believe because there's so much build up to it and you've followed every single leak and you've read every article and you've listened to every interview and you've DVR'd every fucking late night show that everyone was on and you've posted about it and you've written about it and you're ingrained and it's in your blood and so you're watching it and it just doesn't seem real because you're, it's like, oh my god, Jillian Holtzman is on screen for the first time and she's blowing my mind and like you're, but there's there's so many questions and um, so at the end of that that first movie I think everybody was legitimately like we had been running on fumes and adrenaline and we were so drained that when it was over it was and like- we were also still on east coast time so the movie when we first saw it, it didn't start till about 10 30 got out at 12 30 which is 3 30 where we're, we're on our part of the world and if you've seen this movie you know what the third act is and it's fucking batshit insane like I was questioning my own existence at the end of that movie I was like where am I what is happening I have I don't know what I'm eating I don't know what time it is I don't know when I've slept I'm in a room with five dudes it's fun it's cool it's new having fun times but oh my god that movie was when I first saw it I think the my review of it was it was entertaining as fuck and batshit crazy like it was in the extreme ride but it was like extremely entertaining um but my second viewing uh it's like i found that like deep emotional heart connection like i yeah i let it play on my heartstrings and it was the most enjoyable cathartic experience i have i am just singing this movie's praises it was like a guardians of the galaxy level experience for me and it just lifted me higher and higher and i am on a fucking cloud i'm on cloud nine and, and i get a nine somehow I mean, we've all been supporters for this movie. We've all been excited. And, Jake, I'm about to come through to you. But it somehow exceeded my expectations. And that was not something I was expecting. I was not expecting to like it more than I thought I was going to like it. Because I did think I would like it. Because I've actually enjoyed, you know, the trailers and and the buildup and stuff. I liked it more than I thought. I loved it. I'm, like, infatuated with it. You like it, it, love it, you want some more of it. That, and also, (laughs) critically, 
as of recording this, it's at seventy five percent Rotten Tomatoes. It, it's be it's well reviewed. All the fans I've talked to have seen it already. Uh, are really enjoying it and taking a lot out of it. Uh, Jake, what uh, what did you feel, man? Um, I I I agree with both of you. Uh, I feel rating movies feels weird to me like rating them numbers it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't make sense i don't know uh but i, I will say like this movie is you know we like you just said we have all been looking all three of us have been looking forward to this movie we've been on board with it and i know there there are people out there who are going to be like you know oh you guys have always been on board you're going to like it no matter what uh you know oh of course you're going to like the movie when you when you're on the red carpet and you get to no, that's not true because one of our good friends who wasn't really looking forward to the movie, you know, was there with us in that environment and he, and you know, and he still didn't love it. So I don't think yeah. that matters. Uh, yeah. And I didn't start off as a reboot supporter. Uh, when, when this first, you know, happened when this news first broke, I, I didn't like it at all. I right. wasn't for it. I didn't want to see it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want, I didn't understand why it couldn't, you know, just be in the same universe. I didn't like I was I was upset about it. You know, it's it was a hard thing to um, to to just like to be told is happening to, you know, your favorite franchise after 30 years. It was weird. I didn't like it. But I over time, you know, I started seeing things I liked. you know, I, I even saw things I didn't like with the trailers. You know, I didn't completely love everything in the trailers. Right. There have been things that I've been worried about. Uh, you know, some jokes in the trailers didn't play well. It was it was scary. It's been a scary time. It's been exciting, and it's also been terrifying because I I want the movie to be good. You know, like even if even if it's not the movie that you always envisioned being another Ghostbusters movie, you don't, I don't want it to fail. I want it to be a good movie. I want Ghostbusters to continue. And this movie is fucking amazing. <laughs> like it's fucking Amen, good. Sister. It, I don't know, man. It, it's so funny. It's like all the, all the things that we've been worried about, all the things in the trailers that don't play right. Or seem a little awkward. Patty. None of that is in the movie. You're like right, it's right. it's almost like, you know, first of all, a lot of the shit in the trailers straight up isn't in the movie. Since right. we're this is the spoiler review, we're doing it. Like, there's a lot of lines that they don't use in the movie. Like maybe they use alternate takes or they take you know, you know that they're recording different versions of jokes and stuff. They everything in the movie works. Like it's so funny. It, I'm so excited that this movie's doing well, and uh, and I know it's not out yet. So, but still, it's fucking certified fresh already. It's getting good reviews. We have seen uh, people against the reboot change their tune after watching this movie. Yeah. Yep. And I don't understand how. And you know why they were able to change their tune? You know the number one reason? They What's went that? and saw it. They actually went and yep. saw the movie. Yeah, yep. I do. I honestly like. I was telling. I was telling a good friend of ours today. You know, who's kind of been on the fence about it. I was like, "Look, man, it's weird. It is. You know, 
Abby, you said it's batshit crazy. That's yeah. it is. It is batshit crazy. I almost said it was Schumacher verse, but you corrected me, and upon second viewing, I will renounce that. And yeah, yeah don't it's say not. That. It's, don't say that. It's not. I think. Well, there was a, an initial thought of like, oh, is this like the Batman Forever of Ghostbusters? And I think what why I thought that originally coming out of that first screen, and I like Batman Forever. Don't get me wrong. Was the movie is bright and bold and colorful and the visuals are Enticing. extremely impressive and tasty and um but as a movie in jake uh feel free to continue it is it is very good so it, oh yeah. yeah i just i don't you got to think like this isn't the original ghostbusters right it's not, not going to be the same it's not the same thing but it is a ghostbusters movie and it feels like at times it very much feels like you know the first film there's yes. a lot of there's a lot of really well done uh references uh all the cameos you know like hearing about you know i know i know the Dan Aykroyd cameo part of it i guess was in one of the um you know in one of the tv spots i never watched the tv spots and as soon as we found out what what his cameo was it sounded lame right, right. like when you hear oh he's a cab driver who says I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Like mm -hmm. that sounds so lame, but in the movie it completely works and is like an amazing, it's an amazing cameo. All the cameos work so well. They don't take you out of the movie. They don't. They, they all make sense, but they uh, don't also, they don't feel cheap. You no, know, they delight you and yeah, pull they're... you in further and like reward you for watching it. Like, and especially if you know that, Easter egg, like if you note that you know that bust, which I'm sure we're about to talk about, right. um, it's I, like a rewarding experience. Yeah, they're they're done in a respectful way. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it, it was very well put together. Like everything, all the hate that this movie's been getting, even though you know most of the world hasn't seen it yet, right? It's so undeserved, and it's always been undeserved. First of all, like. I, I can see people being angry about reboots and especially something they love. Like, n you know, reboots don't have the best track record. You know, remakes, reboots, sequels in general don't have a good track record for being good. No, and um, I think this is going to go down as one of the better. It does. Like, I, I don't I don't want to sound okay, like, OK, so we've we've been on the positive side of this and I don't want to sound like I'm saying, oh, you know, if you don't like this movie, then you're an idiot. No, you cannot like the movie. Uh, I'm just saying, like, the people who have just blindly said, fuck this, I'm not going to watch it, it's stupid, it's the worst movie ever, without seeing it, mm -hmm. uh, no. It's it's actually really good. All that is completely undeserved, and I just want anybody who actually is a Ghostbusters fan just to go see this movie, because there's going to be something in it that that makes you feel good, that's going to make you smile, uh, well, it plays out like, like a. I mean, at times it feels like because it is, it is a fun and positive movie, and it plays out like a two-hour episode of Real Ghostbusters. That's what it feels like. It does everything yeah. from the villain to the the technology to the action sequences to the dancing. It's just a fun movie. It's so much fun. Like, and I was talking about it this week. Like. You know, one of the reasons that Ghostbusters 2 didn't fare as well is that the time that it came out in 1989, 
you know, everybody was going a little bit more dark, a little bit more brooding. Batman 89 was about to come out. Everybody had Batman yeah. fever. Timber. And then you have Ghostbusters 2, this beaming light of Beacon posi- of hope. Yeah, this beacon of hope, positivity. And Ivan Reitman talked about that in an interview recently. And it, it didn't necessarily jive with the culture at that time. Look at the world we live in right now. We're not going to go into it. But things are crazy. We're taking our own headcount. We need Jillian Holtzman. Shit. No, seriously. The the world is a scary place. The news is like, it feels worse than ever. And everybody's bummed out. And there's all this weird stuff going on in like the UK. We want to see an underdog win and like do well. And that's what's happening with this movie. Yeah. But but the movie, the movie's positive and it's going to be a positive experience. And there's not a whole lot of movies that come out these days, um, you know, besides the Marvel movies, really, where where families can go and have a good time. They can have fun. Their kids can have fun. And they could come out of there and just be like, hey, that was a fun movie. That was an enjoyable experience. Is Ghostbusters 2016, you know, the godfather? No, of course not. Is it... Is it even Ghostbusters 1984? Of course not. It's not going to go down in history as this this transition moment in American cinema. But it did a lot of good for a lot of people. <laughs> uh, it's good. And, and I think all of us are relieved and we're excited. I'm even more excited now because I'm excited for people to see it. And I'm excited to see, you know, if it has legs. Because it might not. I think word of mouth will be good, but you can't predict those kind of things, really. So I'm excited to see what, what the box office looks like. And obviously, I'm excited about the future of Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it was almost, to me, it was almost shocking. Like, because it's like, after after everything that's happened, and, you know, there was just part of me that was feeling like, man, what if like what if this movie sucks? You know, like what if it's just what if it sucks? What if it's just wrong and you know the wrong idea? What if it's just gonna kill Ghostbusters? You know, right. Right. and it was it was almost shocking to me how funny I thought it was and how just how good of a movie it is. And I've you know I've seen. Uh, Spy and I've seen Bridesmaids and Spy I didn't I didn't really like it. Right. It, I mean it was okay. I didn't think it was that funny. Bridesmaids I thought was pretty good, but I don't think I liked it as much as you guys did. Right. Oh, um, so like that worried me a little, but dude, like I remember I think a while back, I think it was Dan Aykroyd. I think it was Dan Aykroyd. I could be wrong. I read somewhere that someone was like, you know, this movie has more laughs per minute than the original Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's like, what he said. Like, yes, the original Ghostbusters has some of the funniest things in it I've ever seen. Right. Um, but I will agree that there may be more laughs in this movie. And it's like really funny stuff. Yep. It's just really funny. And and it's, it's, it's character driven. Like, because what... What the movie does, and I guess we're going to – I mean, should we just start? Let's just get into it. Yeah. Let's right. just so, start, start at the beginning. Yeah. So let's start with the opening. Um, so we saw it. Um, both both screenings, we've seen IMAX 3D. I'm not always the biggest fan of 3D, but I will say, even if you're on the fence about seeing this movie in 3D, do it. Because do it. this is going to be you know, your first and who knows, possibly your only chance – to see proton streams 
coming out of that screen in 3D. And Slimer it's, in your face. It's good. Mm. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's scary. You're going to want that shit in your face. So the movie opens up, opening credits, right? You're going you're gonna to want that shit you're in gonna, your face. Oh, you're going to want those so proton the first guns thing, in your so face. The first thing that just completely took me back that I didn't even, like, expect is the, uh, you know, when they're showing the, the production credits at the yep, beginning. yep. We get that beautiful ghost core animation, and right then I got this overwhelming feeling of, guys, we are right now witnessing the future of Ghostbusters. Yes. Ghost Core is here. It is a legit production company with the sole purpose of expanding the Ghostbusters universe overall. I'm getting choked up right now. <laughs> how can you not? Yeah. How can somebody not be excited about that? That uh, was tingly. I, I also wasn't expecting that, didn't even think of it. And, like, I think when we were <laughs> – I think when that logo popped up, I think I was like, <gasps> I, you know, I, like, grabbed my heart. You know, I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. I, was I like, like lifted it, up out of my body and looked down such, at myself. It's a beautiful little logo and the fucking no ghost logo ghost, like, flies oh. through and ends up in the – it's – Oh, man. You it was, it was very it. cool to see that. And I, we won't dwell on it, but I think part of it is, like, we all feel like there, there's naysayers who, who out there say, like, oh, you're being used. You're a shill. You're, no, we're all part of it. We're all we, – we, if Ghost Corps could go on to become this giant entity that makes billions and billions of dollars and, and who knows what. But we were on the ground floor, and we are participating in the beginning of – the second era of Ghostbusters, and yeah. it just it, you, when you feel you feel like it's part of, you're part of something that's bigger than you, and it's exciting. They've been so awesome and open and interactive with the fans and responsive, and Eric has been such a super awesome dude. We reference Eric. Eric. Uh, Eric Reich. Eric Reich is the um, kind of the 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 lead at Ghost Corps. He is an associate producer on Ghostbusters, the new one. He's Ivan Reitman's right-hand man. He runs the day-to-day at Ghost Core. He does all the fan outreach, all the social media. If you're trying to get a tour of Ghost Core, he's going to be the guy who you reach out to. He might not be there when you come and visit, but you can come <laughs> anywhere. And not only did he organize all of the red carpet event and the screening, like he's also you know part of the production, and uh, kudos to him. Um I want to get him on the show. Uh, he's a guy I'd like to pick his we'll brain. Behave, yes. That'd be really um, great. Yeah, he's a super cool dude. But I'm uh, moving on. So you get the Ghost Core animation, and then you're right into it. it it's the opening of the movie. So um, I, I don't, we won't keep drawing comparisons to, to the original throughout, but they did in some ways mimic the opening of Ghostbusters 84 with the opening of this movie. Um, so it's the Aldridge Mansion, um, and... Um, we are taking a tour. We are taking a tour. and Right off the bat. The tour guide um, taking a group of people through uh, the Aldridge Mansion, uh, played by Zach Woods. He's the tour guide. You probably know him as Gabe uh, from the American version of The Office. Um, and he's kind of given this speech. It kind of seems like his rehearsed thing where he takes people through and he talks about the history of the Aldridge Mansion. He's like theme park spiel. Exactly, exactly. And he's talking about Gertrude. Uh, the daughter of um, uh, Mr. Aldridge, who, um, what is the story there? So it's that like she, a Jane Eyre type story. Exactly, who, who, who murdered all the people in the mansion, stabbed them, um, and, and now she haunts the mansion. And as he's given the tour, he's she just... She was locked in the basement. She was locked in scary. the basement. And there's some really funny dialogue there um, about, like, he's like, 
you know, uh, talking. Face bidet about, is the first. Yeah, joke. He, he makes a joke about a face bidet and how this is the room where um, um, P.T. Barnum first had the idea to enslave elephants. So there's like this fun, right off the bat. There's jokes. Yes, and they're um, solid. And there are solid jokes. Um, but then there's the gag, right, where the the uh, the candle falls off the table. You, it's kind of a planned thing. So, anyways, uh, it cuts to later that night, and then we we get our first uh, ghost encounter, where he's kind of running through the basement, and the stairs are breaking, and and it's this really intense and scary scene. And then, similar to Ghostbusters '84 with Alice, it cuts to him, his face is glowing, he's screaming, and then we get our title card and um, some music, and then Ern, uh, Ray Parker Jr. Yeah, uh, pops classic. right in there, and it's the original song. Um, what and did you've you got chills, Jake? What did you think about the opening sequence to the movie? Oh, I thought it was—I thought it was really good. It had a, it had a nice, scary vibe to it. Uh, that dude, Zach Woods, is like he has—you know—he had the fucking job of opening a new Ghostbusters film. Right, you right. know, like yeah. it, it's on him to be the first funny person in the room and uh his jokes are really funny uh they're and they're just like simple little kind of throwaway lines but they they work really well but that whole scene of you know him getting locked in the basement and the slime coming up from the floor it's oh i love how the slime bubbles yeah awesome oh my god it's all really good it's pretty scary and it gertrude's formation is really tight it kicks into that music you can hear it like as he's like screaming and you can see the ghost kind of coming for him. You hear that Ghostbuster theme kicking in and it, dude, it just like, it just gets you, you know, you as, as a fan yeah. of Ghostbusters, it's, you know, it just fucking gets you right in your heart. Uh, that was the first moment where I went into that weird headspace of I'm now not paying attention to the movie. I'm just in this surreal, uh, weird uh, landscape of not being able to comprehend that I'm watching a new Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, yeah. floating out of body. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Abigail, what did you think of that opening sequence? Oh my god, it was so chilling, and the CGI was fantastic. Um, can we shout out to Ryan Dole at this point, finally, for working on that? I, I think we can. Um, we just did. We just so. did. Yeah, fuck it. Because it was fucking on point yeah. and spooky, and for all those people who said that it, there was too much CGI or whatever the fuck that complaint was. Um, that's just unfounded because the like the color scheme. This is what actually, um, kind of a side note. One of the things that Jake and I were lamenting that there is not an art book, um, like just a good compilation of um, what like the palette they were working with and what images, uh, like some of the original sketches and that kind of stuff, uh, would be super cool to look at because visually. The movie is so stunning, and the colors just pop, and the ghosts pop, and the slime pops, and it bubbles, and it fizzes, and it's – Zach Woods, is he, he nails that character. He lands those jokes, and um, they are well-written, so it's – he just – it's it's smart. It's it's scary, and you just you know it's Ghostbusters, and you hear Ray Parker Jr. So you're like, and he right. has like three jokes or whatever, four jokes. But you have to imagine there was probably fifty that were filmed. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's I, just I, classic. That spooky. opening scene was great, and uh, it cuts to the Ghostbusters title card, and we notice it says Ghostbusters, but it doesn't have the no ghost uh, in the logo. It just says Ghostbusters. We see New York City. And then right there, uh, we're introduced to uh, Kristen Wiig's character, uh, Dr. Aaron Gilbert, who is a um, physicist and professor 
uh, at Columbia University. So it's the same university from Ghostbusters. It's Columbia. Um, and we see you see that funny scene where she's kind of practicing. Uh, you don't know she's practicing, but she's kind of going over um, her lecture to an empty room. Yes. And I love that scene because she does, like, that little dance move, which I do personally. I refer to it as my, like, Natalie Portman from Garden State. Like, the little dance that you do to, like, loosen up before something you're really stressed out about doing. I do it before the podcast, full disclosure. Uh, I, it's just, like... When she's, like, leaning up against that podium and, like, just shaking her butt. Like, I was immediately like, all right, I fucking identify with this shit. Um, and I was laughing. Like, just that gag totally landed for me. And I love uh, her wardrobe throughout this movie. You see right from the get-go she's, like, wearing the most, like, outdated, um, like, early 90s, uh, like, late 80s get-ups and, like, pleated skirt and, like, just just weird clothes in general and i love that as like kind of a like her it just adds to her character right. and I, I just love it so yeah and then um in this scene we see uh we're introduced to ed bagley jr who's ed mulgrave which is such a funny name ed mulgrave and uh he we we find out really quickly he's like a uh, the historian at the aldridge yes. mansion and he has found out that aaron gilbert uh wrote this book with abby yates goes from our past and he's like hey uh, this mansion that I work for is haunted. I need you to come check it out. And right off the bat, we're kind of see that character trait where Aaron's like, no, I didn't write that book. I have nothing to do with ghosts. I'm a professor. I work at a pre- uh, prestigious university. Um, so Jake, what did, what were your feelings about this introduction to Kristen Wiig? Uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It was very funny. Um, I, I thought that was a good way to, to get things rolling the whole, the whole book idea. And I, I think it's such a great idea to have, uh, you know, a book in the movie be, uh, you know, a product that you can buy in real life. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Yes. Uh, that's a really cool thing to do. Um, so so right, right off the bat, so she's trying to figure out why this book is out. She didn't get – Abby has put this book out without her permission, basically. Just right, like, right. She she's just put pissed the book off out. about it. Yeah. Right. She's like, hey, I – I burned both copies. <laughs> yeah, I thought I burned both um, copies. Uh. So she immediately like this is how like this is how the team is basically first formed because she goes and seeks out Abby. She hasn't talked to Abby in years, and all of a sudden, this book that she wrote um, is popping up and ruining her life. Is yeah, it's it's ruining her life. Yeah, she's in danger of like she's up for tenure in her job, and you know she's she's up for uh, you know getting that 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 thing and if if her prof- or her boss finds out about this book you know she's basically like going to get fired you know right, right. and, and it's i a, think go for it no i was going to say i think this i think this leads us pretty much to um to maybe our our first cameo of the movie yeah yeah and i was going to say real quick before we get to that is that so in ghostbusters um you know peter vankman's kind of whatever egon and ray are total believers but the college kind of looks down on them. And in this case, the, the, the university is still looking down on it, um, but she's trying to keep it hidden. Like she's not there teaching uh, paranormal studies or anything like that. Right. Um, so we see um, Aaron in her office, and then she's interacting uh, with, um, I guess he's the dean played by Charles Dance from um, uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. Uh, who's He's in the movie very briefly. But we do see our first cameo, which basically – 
took everybody in the theater and punched him in the gut. Um, we see a bust of Harold Ramis in the hallway there outside of her office. Yep. Um, which immediately my head went to, oh, I know what the post credit scene is. It's going to come back to Columbia University. There's going to be like a custodian cleaning the bust. She's going to drop something, pick it up, put it up, and we see it's a nameplate, and it says Dr. Egon Spangler. Okay, Woo! stop. Stop it. Just now, stop it. I will say that did not happen, but I've been generating this theory all day that maybe – We'll get there because we're probably going to do a whole episode of theories. Let's actually stick with what's in the movie. Fanfic. Um, but after that is when, when Aaron goes to confront Abby at her lab um, at um, at the the Higgs uh, Boson Institute. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Something like Something that. Something like that. And uh, it's kind of a low-rent college campus. Right. You see people fighting out there. Um, and this is we're right – we're only, what, five minutes into the movie and all of a sudden we're, we've met – Aaron Gilbert, and then we meet uh, Melissa McCarthy's character Abby Yates, and we meet uh, Karen Sony, who is the uh, the really funny actor who uh, uh, plays the the Chinese delivery driver. That's yes. kind of an ongoing joke uh, joke throughout the movie. And then let's just say it, guys, this is the scene where we meet the breakout number one in the my heart opinion throb of Ghostbusters. We, we meet Jillian Holtzman in, in Abby and Jillian's lab. Um, and she's everything I wanted her to be and, and more. <laughs> and, and more. Um, so, yeah, we meet them in this scene and Abby kind of confronts Aaron and she's like, hey, what the fuck? This book's not supposed to be out. And Abby's like, hey, we've been studying the paranormal. We're really close on something. We even got um, uh, EVP recording. I have fruit cup. It's good. Cool. Uh, electric voice uh, phenomenon. And... Uh, this is the joke. This is like the controversial joke that some people are going to freak out about. Some people are already f- uh, freaking out about. We don't have to go into the setup, but there's a queef joke in the movie. The queef heard round the world. Okay. Uh, Jake, did you hear the queef joke? Dude, I don't I don't even know what a queef is. I'm just still trying to figure out. You know. I remember the first time I found out what a queef was. I was on a youth group trip in Daytona, Florida, and I was hanging out with, like, all the girls in my uh, small group who were in uh, the same hotel room. And this one girl, Rachel, who was, like, super popular and she was a cheerleader, she told us all what a queef was, and she showed us. And I what? thought it was... Showed you? Yeah, she showed, showed us how you? to do it. So is that is this okay? Is this okay for our uh, Ghostbusters 2016 review? Abby's flashbacks to uh, church. All camp. right. Well, no one this ever one showed me church camp. how to queef. Um, I didn't think we'd say this word on the show so, so many queefs. times. Here's the thing. Thank you. There's guys out there bitching about it, saying that's disgusting. Girls that's- queef. They do, and they talk about it. I have funny friends that are girls. I have interesting. Uh, conversations with them. I have a fiance who is about uh, the realest person you'll ever meet, and she's funny. She makes jokes about bodily functions, just like guys do. And guys are out there complaining about this. Guess what? The first Ghostbusters movie is one long dick joke. It's cross the streams, and there's blowjobs, and there's this man has no dick. So anybody out there who's offended or caught off guard or up in arms about Jillian Holtzman, the new standout Ghostbuster making that kind of joke, then you have a problem. You're the issue, right? Somebody just commented on Facebook, this is just like that episode of South Park uh, when all the guys were getting mad about the female versions of Terrence and Philip. It's the same thing. It's a weird double standard, 
And I think it comes from insecure guys who don't have strong, positive uh, females that they've ever interacted with. So there. There you go. That is that, that's my opinion. What well, do you so think? There you go. That's no, that's perfect. And that's it. All right. I've said it. I feel <laughs> like, good. They're 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 dick and fart jokes like in so many movies. Mm-hmm. Like they can you know they well, can I have was, one. I was talking they about had to one. put up with years of American Pie and the Farrelly brothers and like all that shit and fucking um, there's something about Mary and, like, the jizz and the hair joke and all that kind of stuff. We've had to, like, uh, there's been so much of that. Why not have one really good, empowering vagina joke that's just, it, it lands. It's just a reminder that they have vaginas, and that's disappointing. And they shouldn't be ashamed of them, because it's a beautiful thing, and it's fucking natural, and we make up half of the population, so why not fucking talk about your vagina every once in a while? It's okay. I Jake, feel good. me and you have been talking about our vaginas a lot lately. Dude, I mean, <laughs> we got them, so yeah, we might as well talk about guys. them. Yeah, we bought them at the family dollar. <laughs> I feel so much better now. As <laughs> soon good? as I say the word vagina, I just relax. Me too. Dude, so does my vagina. Craig, Craig. <laughs> Whoa. Me, me and Craig will get those scissors out. Whoa, <laughs> you guys. We have, we've now de- derailed the, the review. This is over. Yeah, they're um, shut now. There, there's an anti-reboot person Someone's listening to this going, right this is what I was afraid of. That guy from uh, when we were on Hollywood Boulevard that was like protesting with like all the church stuff carrying the sign when we shouted, he's here. He's outside he's of the house right now. He's protesting. Uh, by the way, that moment was amazing. Can we talk about that when everyone started chanting Gozer? Yes, there was. Oh, a, that was amazing. Yes, please we're, do that. We were out on the red carpet about to go to the bleachers and there was one of those uh, religious loudspeaker guys. Uh, praising the Lord and telling us we we're going to hell, and about 300 Ghostbusters started chanting "Gozer." Um, it, it was, was amazing. It was, it was so very great. amazing. Um, but yeah, so the team gets together. We see some of the equipment in the lab. We kind of get a sense of the characters, and uh, right off after that, they're back at the Aldridge Mansion, and uh, we have the first encounter with with. It's the same ghost from the beginning of the movie, but it's we see Gertrude Aldridge. It's the scene everybody's seen in the trailers. The the ecto vomit scene we've seen a hundred times, and guess what? It gets in every crack. It is scary. It is so. It, it is a good jump. The visuals have been improved. It looked great in three D, and I just adore that scene. I've liked it from the second I saw it, and I love it. The Pringles, the chips, um, Holtzman eating those Pringles like that comedic gag, and the timing, and all of it. Um, was just it was so funny and so scary. It just was Ghostbusters, like in it in a nutshell and in a scene, and um, it it just played out so well. And I think that that was one of those scenes that, as someone you know who's watched the trailer like over and over and over again, I kind of got a little overexposed on it. Um, and seeing it in the theater, I was so reassured and like it just played well, out. So it's, it was terrifying. It's like everything else in this movie. It's seeing it in context, knowing yeah. why they're there, what led up to it. It makes it different. And this is probably a good time to talk about this, Jake. Um, I think there was kind of this ongoing uh, fear or wonderment. Is wonderment a word? I feel mm, like I am sure. always asking yeah. if things are <laughs> words. I should probably like get a dictionary. But there was kind of this, this like, okay, who's the Vankman? Who's the Holtzman? Who's the Stance? Who's the Zedmore? And we learn very quickly, immediately, there are no matchups of character archetypes in this movie. These are four completely they're on different characters. Yeah, which, they're, they're their own people. Yeah. 
which is great. It's what I wanted. I wouldn't want because everybody saw Jillian Holtzman and go, "Oh, that's the Egon." She's not like Egon. No. She's like Egon meets Janine Melnitz meets with- David Bowie meets. There's so much there. It's right. insane. She's she's off the wall. Everything that comes out of her mouth is like, well, I didn't think she was going to say that. Like, it's all, it's... And she just exudes coolness. It's, like, amazing. And confidence. Actually, they all exude confidence. Yeah. They're smart and confident, and it's, it's empowering. And I've, I loved each and every one of them individually. Um, and I thought they all played so well off of each other. I think that, um, all of their backgrounds in improv and stand-up, I think that that lent itself so well to uh, Paul Feig and Katie DePold's writing style and their background, um, and uh, Katie DePold's uh, like UCB background, and they're pulling actors and um, people from um, that they've worked with that were in this movie that were just, you know, seeing uh, Mr. Kowchevsky and uh, Mr. Rosso from Freaks and Geeks as ghosts. I th- yeah. Were they both as ghosts? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the Flasher ghost. Uh, seeing them on the red carpet when they were walking down, that was one of my favorite interactions because I was actually able to talk to them um, because I shouted, I was like, Mr. Rosso! And he looked at me and waved and I took a picture and I didn't realize, uh, and as soon as I did, that the other guy, what's the actor's name? I'll have to um, look up his plays, name. Can we check that real yeah, quick? Yeah, go for it. Um, Just keep going. You're the good. guy who plays Mr. Kowchevsky uh, was also with him, and they both posed for a photo, which I snapped, and Jake snapped a better version of. And um, <laughs> I was able to compose myself enough to remember the line, and I shouted, Mr. Kowchevsky, Alan smashed my Twinkie, which is from my favorite <laughs> scene in Freaks and Geeks. Um, in the cafeteria with Sam Weir and um, Alan and uh, Mr. Kowchevsky. And who is the actor? I still can't. We find still him. don't fucking know. He's a great. He's, a he's just a nice great guy. actor. I tried to find them on Twitter because I wanted to tweet them the picture, but then they don't have Twitters because yeah. they're like super nice dudes. But that don't. that was really cool, and um, it, it was cool to see these like frequent collaborators with Paul Feig show up in the movie. Um, right after this scene where they encounter Gertrude, uh, beautiful Gertrude Aldridge. She looks so good, y'all. Um. This is when she was not nice. She was not nice. And this is where Aaron Gilbert gets fired and the team starts coming together and they say, hey, we've now uh, seen a ghost. Ghosts are real. Uh, Aaron loses her job uh, because it goes viral, the video, and they're yes. not going to put up with that shit at Princeton. Um, and then we see them lose their funding at the other college because um, they're not going to put up with that shit. Uh, and that's a very funny scene too. The the scene where where they're very being, much like the original. They're being told by uh, by Higgins from the from the Tonight Show that uh, to get the fuck out. Basically, yes. they're told to suck it. Actually, is the actual there's a Degeneration yeah. X reference in Ghostbusters. And it's amazing. <laughs> that was something that I had literally said before. I remember posting on Facebook along with um, the second trailer. Um, I posted, I think. I just said suck it. You did say suck it. And, and it was like a reference to, yeah, D-Generation de- X, and people got mad, and it was, it's now in the movie. It's, it's in really the movie. funny, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so now the team's getting together, right? And this is right about the time we're introduced to the controversial, the loudmouth, the stereotypical loud black woman, Leslie Jones, just, <sighs> just. Oh, I don't know if I can take my kids. Oh my god, guys! Let me tell you, every single person I've talked to coming out of this movie has gone, "Wow, Leslie Jones is fucking awesome." She was. She my almost steals exactly. this movie. She's so good. 
She's so good. We're introduced to her. She is the MTA employee um, underground in the subways. And simultaneously, we're introduced to our villain, Rowan. Rowan. Played by Neil Casey. So let's talk about him real quick. Um, initial impressions of uh, Neil Casey. He's collaborated with Paul Feig before as well. He was on Other Space. Jake, uh, what would you think of the scene where we kind of see that uh, Rowan's down there planting his uh, paranormal retrieval devices? That's what I'm going to call it. Um, yeah. Down in the subway. Um, that stuff's all really good. Uh, seeing him for the first time, he, he has a fun little introduction. It's uh, the, the thing he says to uh, Patty is it's very funny. Um, but I, I like that actor a lot. Uh, I'd never seen him in anything. Um, I was I had always been a little iffy. Because, you know, first of all, he's an actor I'd never seen before. Right. I'd never seen anything he does. And I'm like, oh, so th- this is the guy who's going to be the villain in the new Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. But he's really good as that character. I, I like um, human Rowan in, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but Yeah, and quickly, originally, well, when they were first talking about the movie and there was like Reddit script leaks and everything, I think Sasha Barra Cohen's name was, was thrown around. And I think this yeah, was I much that. better. I like having yeah. the unknown. I like having an unknown much better. Um, and he's creepy. Yeah, he's a little he, skeevy little yeah, guy. Yeah, he played that like bullied character really well. And what was I think it was Melissa McCarthy's line, like it's always the pasty ones or something yeah. like that. He plays that kind of insectile, like smarmy or just kind of like the red nose. And like he just he looks like he's been picked on his whole life and like he's got a chip on his shoulder. And he just he plays that character right. well. And he has an interaction there with Leslie Jones. And then he kind of goes off into the subway. But Leslie Jones in the scene has one of my favorite lines in the movie where she's trying to interact with like subway people that are getting on and off the train. And uh, they're not paying attention. And she's like, hey, I have that jacket. It's a sweater. I messed up. My- like, it's so, whatever she says. It's so funny. Um, but she sees uh, Rowan kind of go onto the tracks, and she, she follows him down there because she's like, what the hell? I got this. Why is this guy on the tracks? Um, and that's when she sees the device that Rowan planted. It's kind of sparking. Uh-huh. And uh, this is where we get our second big ghost encounter. Um, this is uh, in the subway. We've kind of saw clips from this uh, in the, the trailers. Where, yeah, you see, I guess – I just go by what the the ecto mini is called, Sparky, where it's it you know because Leslie Jones says that the subway was built under one of the first prisons that uh, that executed people in New yeah. York, um, and there's the joke about how they were using too much electricity, so they just started shooting people, uh, which is really <laughs> funny. Uh, but we see this ghost, which might be my favorite ghost in the movie. Yes, it's creepy. He looks like I mean, reminiscent of a Scolari brother. Got that blue glow. He's a he's a scarier looking. Scalari brother, and he pretty kinda, much. Yeah, kind of like turns around. Scary brother, and he's floating. <laughs> and uh, Leslie Jones is like, "Fuck this!" And she just yeah. she books it. She gets out of there. I wanted her to drop the f bomb at that point, but I think it's really cool that her character uh, is a historian of the area and that she knows um, like the background on things. And um, I just I like that part. And I thought it was super, super, super scary. Patty Tolan's the reason why they were able to figure out a lot of what Rowan was doing in the movie. Like, because she was an historian, she knew the history of the subway. She knew the history of the Mercado and where that building was built. Um, And when they start getting into the stuff about the ley lines. Then she recognized the Rowan when they were looking at the website. It's like, that's the dude. And they wouldn't have been able to have done any of the stuff that they did without her. I love that Rowan is like this villain. 
um, whose goal is to bring the fourth cataclysm, the end times, bringing all of the the rotting souls, the deceased, those who are stuck on the other side, bring them to New York. The circus freaks. To, yeah, to, to wreak havoc and torture everybody, right? But then, like, his pictures just – he's just a custodian at a hotel and his pictures on the yeah. website. Yeah. It's so good. I like his whole setup, too, <laughs> in the basement of the Mercado. I think that's super cool, and I just wanted to get down there. Um, Just, like, everything, the set dressing was, like, it just – the set deck was fucking incredible on this movie. Um, Watching – uh, like going in Holtzman's lab, like that, which we were just touching on in that beginning uh, opening, uh, where you see Yates and Holtzman working. Like just the amount, sheer amount of circuit boards and wires and gear and shit is just—it's so impressive and it's so real and it's so lived in. It's like that lived-in universe that you want. And like, I just am so happy that Ghostbusters got that fucking treatment and that there was that much care and that the people that worked on this movie, who by the way, shout out, were predominantly female of like according to that one picture that was posted. So just that's fucking awesome. This movie is just a fucking positive ju- juggernaut, and I'm just really excited. And I'm sorry, I keep getting on my soapbox. I'm gonna get off it now. And well, while you were on that soapbox, I was just—I was thinking about that. When anytime you see Rowan in his like hotel custodial outfit, he looks a lot like Pee Wee Herman at the end of uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, where Pee Wee's playing the hotel clerk in the movie about <laughs> himself, and he's like paging Mister Herman. Like that's kind of uh, completely off topic, but that's what it made me think of. Um, Rowan's awesome. I yes. like Rowan, and what we're gonna kind of touch on in a little while, like him executing his plan and how that goes. But this is right about the time in the movie where the Ghostbusters, um, there's this great scene where they're now looking for um, their headquarters. And then we see the firehouse. Yes. We go to the firehouse. And this time, uh, their their real estate agent's played by Katie DePold, who wrote the movie. Yes. Um, And she she tells Kristen Wiig it's going to be $21,000 a month. And Kristen Wiig tells her to burn in hell, which is super funny. Um. And there's kind of a takeoff on Ray. Oh, my God, there's a pole in here. Does this pole still work? And Melissa McCarthy grabs it and goes, look, a stripper pole. pole. And they're, like, (laughs) all as excited to be in there as we are to be inside of it as well, like, in the theater. It's like, fuck yes, this is amazing. And Katie Tipple is great. Like, that's such a funny little bit. And, like, a nice reference and a nice nod to, like, Vernon Helbankman. Like, so cool. Jake, uh, how were your heartstrings doing when you saw that firehouse? Oh, dude, I knew it was, I knew that was about to happen. Like, it was like, we, I think we all knew, we were like, oh my God, we're about to see the firehouse. Uh, It was super cool to see the firehouse. We got to see inside the firehouse. But then quickly, you know, we see, oh, it costs too much. We're not going to be in the firehouse. And then we get, we get the Chinese restaurant. Yep. It's yep. the, the funny thing is they're at the Chinese restaurant, which is going to be their new headquarters. It's the, the, above the Chinese restaurant. Like the, it's like an apartment above there almost. And, uh. It's the running joke is, like, the Chinese delivery driver still is, like, running late and bringing the wrong food. And all he has to do is walk up a flight of stairs. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's what I really liked about this movie. It has running gags that pay off so well. Yeah. Yes. They really, really do. Um, so they're kind of moving in. And, uh, guys, this is where it happens. This is where we meet the other breakout star of this movie. Thor. Zip. Thor himself. Yes. Mr. He sashays into our hearts. Chris Hemsworth, our new secretary, comes on his job interview. We've seen a lot of the clips. We don't need to break it down joke by joke. What did you guys think of Chris Hemsworth playing Kevin? Uh, he he was so... He's, okay, so the character of Kevin is 
the dumbest has to be the dumbest person on the planet. Yeah. Right. He's so incredibly stupid. Um, but when he hits the gong and just yes. and he rubs his eyes because of how loud it is. I've Crit. like I've read people say that he's kind of like an aloof millennial. Like there's that kind of that oh he doesn't really care because the way whatever he dresses, but he's just so dumb. He Chris Hemsworth has no business being so funny, like on top of everything else. Exactly. Right. You know what I mean? And, and he's a, so in, no, all the, in, in all the interviews, all the actresses are like, it's not fair. He's so good looking. He's so nice. And on top of it, he's this funny. And it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But then when you're watching it, you're, I was kind of feeling the same way. I kind of was like, man, fuck you, man. You're like right. mad at him. I was right. mad, so like, good at it. You're like, mad at him. Even his wardrobe, I'm like, man, I'd wear that if I could. And like, right. He, you know, in, in, they do the bit where he designs the logo, right? We've all seen the big boob boat yes. goes. But that scene yeah. is so much funnier than it even was because, like, when he shows them the 7-Eleven yes. logo and they're like, that's the logo. And he's like, yeah, seven one one, And the hot dog <laughs> over the house, which is definitely, I think, the Salt Lake, the Ghostbusters of Salt Lake. Oh, um, that's their new logo. Yeah. Their new logo. Yeah. I want that on a shirt. It's implied uh, that a ghost is holding I'll... the hot dog over the house. <laughs> And it's also somehow like a hot dog is within the universe of Ghostbusters anyway, so it does make sense. Like, all of it yeah. is like a weird, bizarro world nod to the originals, and it's extreme, and I fucking love it. There, There's there's that bit with him. Okay, so this is in this is in one of the trailers, I think, and it's where, so they're right in the middle of the interview, he goes and he like scratches his eye and puts his finger right through where the lenses on his glasses should be, and they're right. just like... They're like, why don't you have any lenses in your glasses? And he's just like, oh, well, you know, they kept getting dirty. So I just took them out. Yeah. And so there's <laughs> there's a scene later and on. And Jillian's mo- face when he says that is like so priceless. Yeah. But there's a, there's a scene much later in the movie uh, where it's, it's when the girls are all kind of figuring out what Rowan's plan is. And so Kevin walks up to them and he's just listening. You know, he doesn't he doesn't really have any lines. He's just listening. But the entire time. He's like squinting his eyes and it's like you can yeah. tell his eyes are in pain and I'm like, "Oh, his eyes hurt because he took his fucking I lenses." Out. Out his oh, I didn't even pick up on that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, and what's funny in this scene is we we see that Aaron is just smitten with Chris Hemsworth. Yes. And Melissa McCarthy it doesn't even register with him. She's like, you like this guy? This fucking right. dummy? Right. And then we didn't really touch on it earlier. We can get into it a little bit. But Jillian is obviously flirting with Aaron throughout the entire movie. Yes. Right. And um, in an interview today, somebody came out and asked Paul Feig, is Jillian Holtzman gay? And he was like, what do you think? Right. He's like, I, he's like, I kind of have to dance around it because this is a big studio picture. But yeah, she's probably at least bisexual if not a lesbian because she's played by kate mckinnon yeah who's a lesbian it's an and all of, of these characters are like abby just said are playing an extension of themselves yeah and i love i was gonna say um not to jump to the end but the possession scene when abby comes out of the bathroom once possessed and um holtzman is standing outside there and they like hover almost kiss it reminds me of like when um, Melnitz is at the desk and Egon pops up from under there and there's that kind of that weird tension and like it's just it just feels like the old but like it's new and it's empowering and it's refreshing and it's like really fucking I just love it I love her I got your sandwich come and get your sandwich Abby <laughs> come and get your sandwich 
<laughs> um, I just get excited thinking about her. She makes me laugh, and she's just breaking down hearts and right. barriers. And so they hire Kevin, right? And then Leslie Jones is there waiting for them as well. Um, or maybe that's the next scene. At some point, Leslie Jones comes in and is like, hey, uh, I saw a ghost. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, and then... I'm joining the team. I'm joining the team. I saw a ghost. And then we get that scene where they go back to the subway and test out that, that early iteration of the um, the proton gun, uh, which is kind of a, like this giant metal contraption that they're having to wheel. Yes, uh, you have the longest arms. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess before that we should touch on um, Patty's interaction with the guy down in the subway who's doing graffiti, and they ask him if he's seen a ghost. If He's like, yeah, I can, and can you describe it? And then he does the graffiti logo on the wall, and Jillian says, wow, that would make a great logo, and takes the picture. Right. Um, you know, they didn't probably have to give backstory on how they got the logo, but they chose to do that. And it, and it works, so yeah. I'm fine with it. Because it was a funny scene. That guy was funny. The interaction of him, like, talking to them while spray-painting it while he's not supposed to be. All very funny. So, and that all explained and paid off when Holtzman shows up with the uh, newly, you know, tricked-out Ecto. So, yep. makes sense. Um, so let's, I, uh, I kind of want to break this scene down just a little bit. I really like this scene because... We we saw the thing in the trailer where the first time they fire the fire the weapon, the proton stream kind of cuts out halfway through and limps to the ground, which is I could watch that a million times. That's just funny. Yes, that is just really funny. Um, but seeing this in three D, they wrangled the ghost in these proton streams. So this is our first time after all this time we are now seeing in two thousand sixteen technology CGI. We see this ghost being wrangled by this beautiful bright. Nostalgia meter. Pink and blue. Guys, I love this scene. Mm-hmm. Jake, did you love this scene? Yeah, no, I, I did for sure. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that I really like in this movie is is all the equipment testing. Um, you know, we, we haven't really talked about that. You get so much equipment in this movie. Everybody's seen in the trailers there. You know, we got ghost grenades. There's, there's guns. There's all kinds of stuff. And... It's really fun to watch them test all this stuff out instead of, you know, in the original, they just, oh, we're on our first, we're on our first, you know, hunt and we haven't tested any of this equipment. Um, and this is the first time you see it. It's really funny. They put that, they put that big, like, neck brace Oh, to ground her. Oh, yes. And I what love how she's like, yeah, what does she say? She's like, you don't happen to know what your iron level levels is. are right. And she's like, oh, it, well, it'll be fine. Don't worry about yeah, it. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. So they That seems really. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just say they end up wrangling uh, the. Sparky. The Sparky, the same ghost. Um, and then a First train ghost. shows up and it nails him and he ends up in the train while they all just get doused in ectoplasm. Yes. And then he takes off to Queens <laughs> and Patty has a great line. Yeah. I really, the third scariest <laughs> thing on that train. Right. So, so he ends up on the train and you see him kind of like going down. Like he went through the wall of the train and they're getting slimed. We saw this movie, uh, the second time with the Alabama Ghostbusters and, uh, Rookie was with us and he was just all giddy after the movie talking about that scene. He was like, you don't get it. That's actually what would happen. 
And I was he like, looked. what? In what realm? Like, in the world of Ghostbusters, when when that train... I love that he knew. ...you know, hits him and produces that much level of slime, and they just keep getting slimed. Um, it was just great. Because in the first movie, Vantman gets slimed, and no one really else... No one else gets slimed. And right off the bat, we've got f- our four Ghostbusters in street Ample clothes... Ample amounts. Just slime. getting completely and disgustingly covered in, in slime. And Jillian's just in the background cracking up and having the time of her yes. life. Um, so that was kind of their first field test. That was the first time we kind of saw the equipment in action. Um, well, we actually did see the PKE meter. We didn't really touch on it earlier in the film, uh, which was also really cool. But um, I enjoyed it. So this whole scene leads up to maybe my favorite line in the movie, where they, they now have said, okay, we've encountered our second ghost. They put that video online and nobody believes it, right? They're, everyone's skeptical. And they, they mention a Reddit thread, and it was linked from here, it was linked from there, and they're reading the YouTube comments on their that video. That was like a post-shoot thing that they did, right? No. No, it was not. That's the thing. So here's the thing. Um, the line is that they're reading the YouTube comments, and they go, uh, the comment is, uh, ain't no bitches gonna hunt no ghosts. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And there's some people online already on the message boards that just, they are offended. This movie is attacking the fans. It's a, it's hating men. I want to look at these people and go, get the fuck over yourselves. It is funny as shit. It's commentary on some of the early reactions to this movie. And it's just funny. I want that on a t-shirt. I want a shirt that says, ain't no bitches going to hunt no ghosts. Yeah. And I feel like someone should send that to us. Yeah. Yeah, someone make that shirt, send um, it this way. Um, yeah, it'd be good. Right. I so, think it's just meta. It's not attacking anybody. No, like, it's just funny. It's, like a it's, microcosm. Just, it's called satire. Can, do people forget no, Ghostbusters taking, is a comedy? Right. Yeah. They're taking a situation that has been really stupid and really negative, and they just turned it into a joke. You know, that's we should be laughing at things, not – not fighting about it's the best way to react to things yeah anyway. it's the best way to react that's what i, react, to I realized the the only way to counteract the barf emoji is the crying laughing so hard that i'm crying emoji like the the tears smiling emoji of like literally dude like whatever the like the it, it, i just you just have to laugh everything off because there's been so much fucking hate um i just want to say right now i'm so happy that the reviews have been extremely positive and that rotten tomatoes certified it fresh and i was um I looked at Leslie Jones posted a photo on Instagram today and I was reading the comments and I myself commented by the way. Um, and people were just praising her for looking amazing, being amazing in this movie. And she deserves it so much, especially with all the shit and the backlash that these ladies and that Paul Feig himself went through. It's really encouraging to yeah. see where we are now. So um, I didn't mention earlier, by the way, when they first get with Leslie Jones is when she has the scene where, she says she can get a car from her uncle and she brings the hearse because we move right on to like they go from that first equipment test to getting their first call where the uh, the ghost is haunting the uh, the rock concert. Yes. And right there we see that Jillian has taken the black and red hearse and turned it into the Ecto one. I fixed it. And for the people complaining that the plot moves too fast, I invite you to go Back and watch Ghostbusters. Yes. Because on, <laughs> that plot moves extremely fast. They go from seeing a ghost to getting alone to moving to the firehouse to having an Ecto-1 and all their equipment in about 15 minutes. So it's going to be okay. So, And then um, Leslie Jones gives them the jumpsuits and the boots. 
doesn't have the logos on the patch yet, um, but they've now improved the uh, the Proton Packs to be... W- w- these are like the Mark... I guess they're the Mark One portable Proton Packs. They're not the final portable, packs. Portable, yeah. Um, but uh, I really like these packs they wear in this scene at the concert. Yes. Because, like, the way... The gun isn't like a traditional Proton gun. Um, or it's wand. very big and clunky. It's clunky, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like a bar on it that you hold on to. Yes. Um, yeah. as, as opposed to, like, a, a front and back handle. Right. Uh, so it's really cool. Um, and then, you know, this is where the Fallout Boy theme's going. We get the little montage of the Ecto-1 going through New York. Jake, you said you teared up a little bit on this part. I'm yeah, not going to not to call you tears. out. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's so it's so cool to see that, you know, that Ecto-1 for the first time, especially going through New York. And uh, the first time I saw the movie, there, there's a scene where the Ecto-1 drives by uh, the New York Public Library. Right. And I... I I missed it the first time we saw it. Uh, and then I heard somebody mention it and I was like, oh, oh. So I, I made sure when we watched it the second time that I looked out for it. And, you know, it's just, it's been, you know, 27 years, whatever. And it's just cool to see that Ecto 1 driving by the New York Public Library. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, it's but, just, it's, it's some good stuff. And, and this is right about the time we see that Rowan. Uh, <laughs> this really funny scene with Rowan dressed in his rock attire going into the concert, yeah. making small talk. He's like, oh, I'm really excited for this metal show. Excellent metal show. God, it's so yeah. funny. Um, but they show so, up. Yeah, go for it. No, I was going to say, so basically, like, we talk about what, what Rowan's doing, because at this point, we, we as an audience know that he's basically going to all these different places, uh, and he's dropping off these devices which are causing uh, ghost activity. Yeah, so he's developed, he's used similar technology that, that the Ghostbusters have, um, but he's or that Jillian Holtzman's developed, but he's using it for evil, right? Yeah, he's releasing yeah. it, not trapping um, him. And he is going to the, we find out later, these are specifically chosen uh, places called ley lines where, where, I guess... Really traumatic, tragic incidents of like happen like where someone has lost their life and been unburied or whatever and you know had horrible things happen to them um and then those ghosts show up because they've been like they've had their number called so they appear and haunt and cause havoc and then you know who are you gonna call who are you gonna call and, so- and we see the device kind of under a table kind of glowing um but they show up um michael mcdonald um that's the actor's name he is kind of yeah. like the theater manager. He's like, hey, I'm glad yeah. you're here. I'm not dealing with this shit. Um, and then, you know, they're they're going to be on the hunt. And it turns out to be Mayhem as the ghost. But how they discover Mayhem is one of the best parts of this movie. Because while they're searching for him backstage at this concert or in the basement or whatever, Leslie Jones' character walks into a room full of mannequins. And she says, well, that's just a room full of nightmares. I'm not going in there. It's like this really subtle, funnel, funny line. And then we see this mannequin start to follow her out. And it's, like, legitimately scary as fuck. It is creepy. It is very yeah. creepy. She turns around in the hallway. She's like, wait, was that mannequin there? And then it just starts chasing her. Yes. And it breaks down the door and, like, kicks through between her legs. And, like, you're you're just kind of terrified. It's very terrifying. 
Um, and you realize it's being operated by Mayhem. By Mayhem. Uh, or what the toy says his name is Mayhem, which is like a big dragon, mythical looking. Someone in the crowd is like, hey, is that Satan? When it comes out. <laughs> um, um, and people just think it's like the pyro or like the, the right, it's hologram like part of the show. or some shit. So they're chasing this ghost around, firing proton streams all over the place, kind of being a little bit loose with those uh, nuclear reactors on their backs. Right. Um, and they're brought out kind of into the concert because he, he goes up through the ceiling, leaving ectoplasm kind of dripping on him. Um, three. Yeah, and then, and then you know, we've seen it kind of in the trailers, uh, the scene with the, the Ghostbusters going up and the crowd surfing and the battle. And it's all very cool. It's well done. It's funny. And then uh, they use the ghost trap for the first time. Um, and they trap Mayhem, which is it's really cool the way, like, they hit the... There's, like, that screen on the belt that's just trap activated, and it shoots the pedal out. Um, and I really like the new Ghost Trap. I think it's, yeah, it's really like cool. Yeah, it kicks it with their big rubber boot. It's it's super awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they trap Mayhem. They trap their first ghost. Actually, it's the first and only ghost that's actually trapped in the movie. Um, but then again, I think, yeah, they only trap one ghost in Ghostbusters 1984. Uh, but we see them in the montage uh, with trapped ghosts. So, anyways... Um, this all leads up to probably the most famous and interesting and probably the most talked about cameo in the movie, which is Martin Heiss, famous paranormal debunker who does not believe that these Ghostbusters are anything other than some sort of, I don't know. I remember you mentioning him show. when we were talking about um, Andrew Schaefer's book. Ghost yeah, Martin Heiss. Said, uh, during that interview, you said, hey... I think I know what this is. Right. So Martin Heiss is played by Bill Murray in this movie. He's a paranormal debunker, and he shows up at the Ghostbusters headquarters after they've trapped Mayhem, and he's like, hey, cool. You trapped a ghost? Show it to me. What did you guys think of this scene? Uh, I thought it it was pretty good. Uh, I I do think – so (laughs) it's so weird just seeing Bill Murray in this movie. Um, I agree with that statement. uh, I feel like – I feel like his cameo is the one that should be longer um, because I, I just feel like that character should have been maybe a little more of a villain to the Ghostbusters. I feel like he should have been a little more Walter Peck like, um, but it's a little he, shoehorned in there. It feels a it little is, shoehorned. I, I feel like he could have been written as a little more of an actual character to the to the film right but bill murray probably right. wouldn't have done well, he, it at he that only point. worked on it for a day it was one yeah. day so you can't write like an yeah, ongoing antagonism be between those right. characters but it's more than a cameo it's not like a one second thing like they, they show him he pops up again yeah yeah they show him on a tv screen a little bit earlier in the movie and then he shows up at their headquarters and you know bill he's funny he's not like over the top funny but it's Bill Murray, and, and he's good, and he's kind of challenging them to show the ghost. And Melissa McCarthy's character, Abby Yates, is like, "No, we're not showing you shit. We don't. We, you know, we don't answer to you. Who are you? You're. I know you're a famous paranormal debunker, but right. Aaron's but, kind of full of bravado, and yeah, Aaron's kind of challenged uh, by this, and she ends up being the one to. So she, you know, after kind of a back and forth, she she hits the ghost trap and opens it. And it's really funny because Holtzman and, and Tolan are, like, putting on their packs, red, just ready to fucking go. Yeah. Uh, right. Which is really funny. And uh, 
Bill Murray leans forward and just in his in a very classic Bill Murray Peter Venkman esque way goes Casper, uh, <laughs> and then the ghost fucking just pops out and th- nails Bill Murray and he goes crashing through a window yeah. to I guess his death maybe dead maybe not they don't really elaborate These ghosts kill people uh but. That leads to Chris Hemsworth's best line in the movie, and Jake, this, I think you want oh, to take this one. Yeah, this is probably this is one of my favorite lines in the movie. So, so the ghost, the ghost takes uh, Bill Murray's character uh, uh, out of the second story window, and Kevin just like walks into the room and he's like, "That guy went out the wrong door." Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Smart line is so funny. Though. Was it Martin Heist or was it as Kevin put, Smart and Christ? Is Martin that what it's <laughs> Yeah, there's a smart in Christ here to see. Um, so that took care of the Bill Murray cameo, and um, he he was kind of dressed like Paul Feig. Like he, had he this, was like, definitely yeah. dressed like Paul Feig. He had like fancy pins on, like a spider web. And yeah, and a hat. Little... Um, mm-hmm. Ab, what'd you think of that Bill Murray cameo? Um, I mean, there are moments that maybe it was felt kind of a little stilted, but I feel like that's kind of where we are with bill murray these days i guess like what else could we expect right uh i've seen him on talk shows and it's like you get nuggets and glimpses uh but sometimes you know whatever he's bill murray does whatever the fuck he wants if he wants to engage uh he engages if he wants to read the lines for the video game like kind of without any inflection then he wants then that's what he fucking does um uh and if he does the wants to do the jungle book then he's gonna do the jungle book um and i'm just glad that he did ghostbusters and so it was just cool and full well i think his his um, his cameo in this movie covered the bare necessities of what we needed. Um, <laughs> oh man, what? is this gonna start? Oh, we are we getting loopy? Fucking, we are getting. I loopy. just had a cup of coffee. I feel like it. I want to get loopy. All right. So moving on, um, we start seeing Rowan's plan come to fruition, and this is where the Ghostbusters discover uh, the whole ley lines thing. They start kind of mapping it out. Uh, Kristen Wiig's character says, "Okay." There was a haunting here. There was a, a spectral polar bear spotted here, and they kind of map it out, and it turns into this big X, right? Yeah. Uh, on the map of with New York. With two little X's. With, it's a big X with two little X's, uh, as Kevin says, and they kind of compare it to an old map, and Patty's kind of going over his, her... Well, I'm going to have to see the movie again. That's the one thing that sucks, like, normally in doing a review like this. Yeah, and exactly to just jump off of that, I brought a notepad in to take notes, but literally took zero notes because this is not a note-taking movie. This is a movie that you need to just loosen up and lube up for because it's going to fuck you over in an amazing way. And it's just something you need to be open for and, like, open up to. And, like, you – I wanted to, like, take it apart and, like, you know, write all sorts of stuff down going into it. But while watching it, I was just enjoying it so much and laughing and smiling and, like, you know, fist bumping and, and like, it just just – freaking out in my seat and like dancing and it's amazing so i i didn't take any notes no notes but so they they map out the lay basically the the point of this scene was to get us to them figuring out what rowan's kind of up to which is he's planting these devices it looks like there's kind of a nexus which turns out to be to be the mercado hotel and they head right over to the hotel they're like we bet he's here uh, they look up the, on the website, right? We said earlier, and yeah. Patty's like, Patty hey, that, that's the guy. So they go to the Mercado Hotel. Um, they're going to take care of business. At this point, they're in their full gear with the logos um, on the the patches on the on the gear with the newer Proton Packs. Or, I'm sorry, patches on the suits. 
And uh, then we get another great cameo. Uh, Annie Potts um, is the um, the receptionist at the hotel. Um, so that was kind of a fun thing. And uh, everyone freaked out. Everyone was clapping. It was great. Um, and she's like, they're like, hey, we're looking for your janitor. And she says something along the lines of like, well, what did that freak do now? He's in the basement. Go take care of him. Um, so, yeah, if you want to get really nitpicky, you could say it's kind of rushed and, you know, but this is what a movie is. It has to get to point A to point B somehow. Right. Um, and instead of going through tons of exposition, they just they and just. And the original cuts were how long? Well, yeah, Paul Feig said the original cut of the movie was about four hours. Right. So, so. Um, they go to the Mercado. We see Andy Potts. The Mercado, it's an awesome looking hotel, Art Deco, fits right in with the world of Ghostbusters. They bust in on Rowan. He's got his giant contraption that's going to bring the fourth catalysm, cataclysm into into the world and bring all these ghosts back through the mirrors that we see the hands uh, on the mirrors there. And uh, this is where things really start getting in motion. Rowan basically kills himself. He grabs onto the machine. He's electrocuted. In the movie, right. And he falls over, and then the Ghostbusters shut down the machine, and they're like, why the fuck did this guy do that? Obviously, this was part Captain of his plan. Captain Kirkland dude, as um, Leslie Jones says. Right, and that was the last time we saw Human Rowan, um, right. and he wasn't—he was only in a couple scenes as human, in his human form. Um, so that was a really cool scene. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was entertaining, at least. Yeah, you know, at this part, at this point in the movie, I—I I, kind of started to think um, there. So you see all Rowan's contraptions and they I think they say at one point, oh, it looks like a, a cyclotron. And right, right. they yes. they they mention how their their equipment are pretty similar. And so you got that big this big contraption that Rowan has made and it's what he is gonna be using to release all the ghosts. Right. Uh, upon Earth. And mm-hmm. at this point in the movie, I started to think like, um, like when I saw that machine, my first thought was, oh, I wonder if this machine is going to be, is going to like turn out to basically be what the Ghostbusters use as their containment unit. Right. Uh, right. Cause it's like, it's keeping the ghosts in, you know, they're using it to get the, to let the ghosts out. Maybe they're, they're, there's, there's sort of, kind of this thing um that they don't ever actually mention but it's just kind of like a backlying thing where it's almost as if rowan and holtzman are almost like helping each other develop each other's equipment yeah you know because it's like holtzman when they go to the subway they bring back all the pieces and she's examining it she's examining it and she's like oh he used this i would have used aluminum you know and she's like oh this is but that's just because she's crazy right because she's crazy yeah but i mean it almost it it kind of reminded me of uh of star wars uh the force awakens a little bit because you know the villain right is basically kind of teaching you know uh, your heroes, your heroes. right it's like right. The, the dark and the light side of the of the right. same thing going on yeah and i should uh, mention it's really interesting it's, it's, 
Yeah, it's definitely nothing that they really put in your. It's not like an in-your-face thing. It's just kind of something I thought about. Subplot. Um, yeah, it's just something that kind of popped in my head as as and, I was watching I, the movie. And I should mention, as we talk about Rowan's plan, there is a scene earlier in the movie where we see kind of like him flipping through his notebooks, and he's kind of has like these pictures drawn of like a giant monster version of himself terrorizing New York. So it's a little bit of foreshadowing. Uh, for yeah. what's to come. I wish they would release those sketches if Mondo put out like a nice like vinyl like collection of the score or the soundtrack. Yes. Would that not be sweet to I have want it all. Yeah. There's so much somebody... good imagery in this movie. Yeah, exactly. There is so much that I want to have on my wall and special edition it. So, um, so this is when the uh, Homeland Security people and the, the mayor's office show up. Um, and it's really weird because your expectation is, okay, here comes the Walter Peck type folks who are going to take these Ghostbusters and put them in their place. But that whole plot line is basically like, hey, we know ghosts are real. We appreciate what you're doing, uh, but we don't want the public to freak out. So can you stop? Could you just maybe stop doing this? Um, which it's kind of an interesting take on it. It wasn't what I was expecting, but it's not bad. You get, um, you get the mayor. Um, played by Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia from Ocean's Eleven and all sorts of yeah. other movies. And uh, his Jaws assistant, mayor. yeah, uh, yeah, and he makes the great joke uh, about how Kristen Wiig says he's being like the Jaws mayor at the in the one scene, and he's like, I would never be the Jaws mayor. In fact, the Denver Ghostbusters put up a logo today. It's a no ghost logo with the Jaws mayor. It's amazing, um, which is really really funny. Yeah, um, I need that on a shirt. Absolutely. But um, we should repost that. Cecily Strong from SNL. Um, kind of plays the assistant kind of the a little bit antagonistic but she's like hey we're gonna fake arrest you ghostbusters now so like they become batman in a little bit yeah it's a little bit like the the like hey you guys are gonna work with us but maybe calm down don't make such a public uh you know public scene we acknowledge you we are gonna work with you but like yeah don't make a big fuss about it right and don't get in our way because we're ultimately in control please calm down right um so this is about the time that shit kind of starts hitting the fan because now Rowan is dead. He's executing his plan and he shows back up uh, in ghost form, yes. right? And he haunts two people or haunts. He and then he starts haunting people. He starts doing a haunt. Uh, no, he possesses. Uh, he he possesses uh, Melissa McCarthy. He shows up in the uh, or he in the bathtub. In the bathtub, he comes out of the bathtub, which is kind of a reference to Ghostbusters. Hashtag too. yeah, splash mommy scene. Um, Oh, were you going to plug yourself? What's more? No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I said that. I did not mean to say it that way, but no, the scene, what's more fun than anything in the world? Like, I love that scene in Ghostbusters 2 when the slime comes out of the bathtub. I want to get a bathtub slime tattoo where the slime is embracing my cat Gypsy, like in like a, like a in its arms, if it had arms. That would be cute. Uh, that would be super kind cute. Of a, yeah, it's a broad, it's a big thing to do, but um, I love that scene, so it was really cool. Um to, to see that. Like, right. I don't know if it was really an homage, but it was very cool. Well, and the thing is, we've all seen, yeah. we've seen, we don't have to break it down all the way. We've all seen that scene in the first trailer of the power of Patty compels you. I will say the scene plays better in the movie. It's more intense. Um, it's a little bit more scary. Um, and then the score helps out. With the that score too. is really, really good here. The score is good throughout the entire movie. Kind of feels like a Marvel score, almost like Avengers. Um, but yeah, so, She's uh, once Melissa McCarthy's possessed, she picks up a pipe and starts just bashing the the uh, proton packs and destroying equipment, which is what Holtzman's babies. Yeah, so Holtzman kind of goes after her, and then it turns into Holtzman getting thrown out the window, and 
Leslie Jones slaps Melissa McCarthy, and then Rowan takes off, right? And it's after that where he possesses Kevin, and Kevin, he shows up. It's it's kind of weird. Like, the pacing is a little weird, but it's just funny because this whole intense thing just happens, and they're looking out the window, and here comes Kevin wearing his Ghostbusters uniform out of nowhere. And he's like, hey, I'm going to be a Ghostbuster now. Just throw me down a proton pack. I can really help you yeah. guys out. Um. And he's got his Ecto-2 motorcycle, and right then, he gets possessed by Rowan and takes off down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of to summarize all of that, I really enjoyed that. This was definitely the scene that kind of tries to transition you into the third act of the movie. Shifting gears, right. Um, so what would you guys take from all that? Yeah, let, let me let's talk about Kevin for a second. Let's do it. <laughs> so, let's do it. okay, so he he just randomly shows up with the Ecto two and the Ghostbuster, you know, jumpsuit, and he immediately gets possessed, gets on his motorcycle, and he takes off, and you know, we pretty much know he's going back to his his machine exactly at the, at the Mercado. Yeah, but here's the which thing. for some reason the uh, like. They they kind of ha- at the Mercado. There's like police um, police tape around it, but they haven't like dismantled anything. They haven't messed with it. Right, yet. right. But but, he- but here's the thing I want to talk about real quick. So you never see that Ecto two again. You never see Kevin d- trying to be a Ghostbuster again. Like that's it. Right. Uh, you have to imagine there was more filmed. I'm sure yeah. that there is a lot more filmed, and uh, you know they had to either cut it or or whatever, but. You know, we we talked at great lengths about the toys for this movie and the the Ecto minis and uh, you know we for months we we wondered if Miss Slimer was real. Oh, she's uh, real, all right. Which we found out she is real, and, and she's then the a other wonderful, beautiful person. Yeah, and then the other thing that we were wondering what was up was that Ecto mini of Kevin. He has, you know, an original proton pack on, and Kevin never touches a proton pack in this movie. Not, right. not even just the original. Like, not at all. Not any he doesn't at all. touch that. Him as a Ghostbuster is, you know, twenty seconds of the movie, and we see the entire thing in the trailer. He gets possessed. He takes off. You never see that again. Right. Right. So, right, so Kevin goes back to the Mercado, and he basically reactivates the machine and executes his plan. You see this really... Knocks out two dudes. Knocks out the security guards. This really great visual of him activating it and just that green glow and all the mirrors breaking and all the ghosts starting to escape. And this is parallel to what we see in Ghostbusters 84 with... This is basically... um, the containment unit being shut down and the hole being blown through the firehouse. Yes. This is that. <laughs> so as a, that was good. Thank you. So as this is happening, Kristen Wiggs basically back at her apartment and we find out um, Rowan had a copy of Ghosts from Her Past, um, the book that her and Abby wrote, and she took it from the crime scene and she's flipping through it and all of a sudden she's starting to see that she's seeing those images we were, I was talking about earlier. Yeah. The She's seeing what Rowan's plan was, yes. and she's understanding that he planted 
this was all, all part cons. of his plan. Right. And he was the one doing all this, and he killed himself, and this was just the next logical step for him. Yeah, and we as an audience are piecing together that Rowan, that he was, so, like, bullied all of his life, and that he's, you know, that this is just his revenge, and so we're putting it together as Aaron is putting it together. So. Exactly, and it's really cool. And uh, so this is where, so this is the scene where two things are happening. The, the, the three girls are at the the Chinese restaurant about to get in gear as shit's hitting the fan. And Kristen wig and like sweatpants and like a white sweatshirt or whatever. We see her outside of this. She finds out where the mayor in is. In a trench coat. Yeah, in a trench coat. And he's at dinner with Cecily Strong with, you know, have, doing business and political things. And she's running outside of the restaurant. And she keeps trying to slide the windows open as if they're sliding glass doors. She thinks it's a sliding door. And they're not. And she gets in there. This is where she, you know, she's like, you got to do something. You got to evacuate the city. And then the mayor's like, whoa, never say that. She's like, oh, my God, you're being like the mayor from Jaws. And it's this really funny interaction. And they're pulling her. um, And she's, she's, she's freaking out. She's having a fucking conniption. And there's like that slight reference to Ghostbusters where she pulls the tablecloth. And carries it with her and like throws it out out in the street later on. It's great. And simultaneously, New York is going from day to night. There's ghosts everywhere. We see the rat ghosts. We see the flasher ghosts. Yeah. This scene actually reminded me of Ghostbusters 2. No it, splitter ghost. What the fuck? Oh, uh, it's okay. People running down the street being chased by various uh, spectral entities, right? Um, and this is where our third act starts. This is where the movie starts really building up. And uh, it goes, like I said, from day to night. And Kristen Wiig's trying to figure out you know, what she needs to do, what, you know, to, 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 you know, she's separated from the team. Right. They're it getting... goes from, like, GB1 or original Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 to, like, extreme Ghostbusters yes. at this point. It gets intense. Yes. This is where we get our Dan Aykroyd cameo, so let's just talk about it. Yeah. She's trying to get out of the city, Aaron Gilbert. She waves down a taxi. The cab pulls up. It's Dan Aykroyd. Jake, I'm going to ask you, is this the funniest scene in the movie? Um... It, oh, you mean when Ray Stant shows up? Yeah, it <laughs> might be. Um, I had heard... Okay, so we all knew that all these cameos were in the movie. Uh, we weren't sure exactly uh, in in what way or what capacity, but Dan Aykroyd's cameo, we heard he was a cab driver very early on. And I remember thinking, wow, that seems like kind of a waste of a cameo, him being a cab driver. That seems weird. Uh, and then we heard that it or at least part of that cameo was in uh, some of the TV spots, which, as we've all said, we all stayed away from the TV spots. Yeah. Uh, I'm proud of us for that. Uh, Good job, So family. this, cam- this cameo job, shows team. up. Yeah, this cameo shows up, and how is it the funniest, best cameo in the movie? Uh, she's like, what What is? What is, uh so, her character say? Kristen Wiig leads in. She's like, I need to go to Chinatown, because she's obviously trying to get back to the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Right? And he's like, and he's got, like, the thick New York Dan Aykroyd. He's like, yeah, it's a couple blocks further than I want to go right now. And then she's looking around. She's like, there's ghosts. Yeah, everywhere. Everywhere. Medicine people. And so this caught me so off guard. He goes, no, those are just a couple spectral four class free roaming vapors or whatever he says. So he's he doing. He says that, yeah. He says the exact thing from part one. Yeah. He, he, yes. The same thing Slimer is. A couple yeah. of class five uh, free yeah, roaming vapors. Yeah. Right. And and then he says the 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 you know the classic comedy three pronged uh, line where he says, 
I don't. He's like, I don't. I can't remember the exact thing. He's like, I don't, I don't go, go to, to Chinatown. Town. I don't pick up. I don't pick what, up pick wackos, up. and I ain't afraid, afraid of no, no ghosts. Ghost. So yeah, it's and good. You are just I just botched it, yeah, but it's, yeah, everyone, it's good. Right, everyone's just like jaw dropped, like clapping, pounding. I was grabbing people's knees. I was very excited. And it's funny, and it, it, there's no point where you're like, well, I wish it was connected to the. It, it, you're not think yeah. you're having a good time. Right, what's exactly. Um, so. Then it cuts back to the other three. So we've got Aaron and Leslie Jones. I'm just I'm going to intermix. It's going to be Patty, Aaron and <laughs> Julian Holtzman. They're in the Ecto-1. And this is where they encounter a familiar friend of ours. Oh yeah. Mr. Mm-hmm. Slimer. Yes. They're yeah. driving the Ecto-1. They're kind of blocked off. They see Slimer coming out of the hot dog cart. Guys, I love this scene. Yeah. Talk about it, Jake. Dude, Tell I love. Okay, so they get out of the car because they're they're blocked. They're blocked by a couple hot dog stands. Obviously. Out of the hot dog yeah. stand comes Slimer. So yes. he, you know, he, he's eating some hot dogs. He zooms right by them. And uh, I guess as a nod to Ghostbusters 2, he just jumps in the Ecto. He just and fucking, he just steals, fucking it. steals the yes. Ecto one. It's so great because he just he just gets in it, shuts the door, and he just fucking takes off. And I love that they even show they show a close up of the gas pedal. Yeah, and yes. because they because they know they're like, oh, we know someone's gonna say Slimer doesn't have any legs, How he can't reach, reach the gas they pedal. So they just extends. show the gas pedal, just like hit the floor. Nothing's on it. They just show it hit the floor, <laughs> and so Slimer great. fucking just takes off. It's so funny. I love the way his butt looks when he like floats over in and into the car. Like it's bulbous and like funny. He's like, it looks like he's waddling. Yeah, yeah like, he's like exactly. It's like yeah. he's wearing a diaper. Or and something he looks kind of gross. really good. He looks so good. He looks so good for being his age. Um, I think he's the same age because he's like the fucking constant. Like he's the um, he's the Desmond. Like right. he's so. The connective tissue through these movies. So I don't remember. One of them says, "Oh, let's fire our proton guns at the at, at to get our Ecto one back." And Jillian Holtzman's like, "You might want to do that. Not do that. The roof rack basically is a, a ultra conductor that is basically a nuclear bomb." Right. right. So we get that um, little piece of information to hold on to. You get that information. And I want to say, hey, I want to say that that's pretty. That's basically our cross the streams of this movie. There's exactly. no mention of crossing the streams right. uh, being bad in this movie, which I'm pretty sure is just something that they cut out because we we've seen uh, in the behind the scenes footage we've we've seen a picture of the four girls crossing, the literally crossing the streams. Right. Uh, one of the um, one of the little like kids books that came out. Uh, I was looking through last night since I finally can and right. not have to worry about spoilers. Yeah, yeah, There's a whole good. section of crossing the streams in one of those, right. and it mentions like what happens if you like it. It talks about stuff that's not in the original movie that is obvious. You know, they put it in for this film, but right. maybe they cut it. But this whole, uh, you know, don't shoot at the. You know, basically we have a bomb on top of our Ecto One. Exactly. Right. Don't touch it. That's basically our. Don't cross the streams. Gotcha. Right. gotcha. So, gotcha. so Slimer takes off on the Ecto, and I don't remember. So, this is where where he takes off on the Ecto. So now the three Ghostbusters are on foot. We still don't know where Kristen Wiig is, and we're kind of building up to the big main set piece, which is the the Battle of Times Square. Meanwhile, Rowan has inhabited Kevin's body, and is in front of the Mercado Hotel, where the police and the military have descended. 
and he has them locked. Suspended. In a, suspended in a Saturday Night Fever pose. We'll get to the dance scene, the 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 much feared, much Is that like about. a Paul Feig, I'm just a love machine reference? It basically is. It has to it be. It has to be. Heavyweights. Um, so Kevin has the, the all of the, you know, official people, police, military, um, he has he's he has them under his control. Um, well, Rowan as Kevin. Yes. Um, so we do see another scene of the Ecto One driving through the streets of Manhattan. I love it so much. But this time, yes. Slimer's not alone. Miss Slimer is in the passenger seat, and there's all these other ghosts just hanging outside. Hey, pilgrim ghosts. They are having. The time of their as lives. As Leslie Jones says, they're having, you know, those guys are having the time of their lives or they're having a great night or whatever. Right. Um, Melissa, Melissa McCarthy's character. Melissa McCarthy says it. And we haven't talked about Melissa McCarthy's character that much in the, about the movie. She's my least favorite of the four, but she is good. Like, she's not intolerable. She's got, she does, pl- she adds a lot to the team. Yeah. She's a good character. Um, she just doesn't stand out as much as the other three, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so that that scene you were just talking about where we get the Ecto-1 coming again with all the ghosts on it. First of all, I really love the image of just all these ghosts hanging off the Ecto-1. It's, and, it's everything you want. Yeah, and this is the scene where we get confirmation that Miss Slimer is in fact real. And uh. the, thing, the thing that I do like, because, I don't know, when you first hear, oh, there's going to be a Lady Slimer okay what's the what's the story How? behind that right there is no and there's no story and that's great they just it's just there it's yep. just oh there's a female slimer in the car with uh, other slimer right. we yep. don't we don't get any story we don't get anything and we don't need it accept and the coolest and move on yeah just accept it and move on and here's a little tidbit that is very good and we we got this tidbit before we saw the movie so robin shelby who plays uh, Slimer in Ghostbusters 2, who's called into the show. We all love her. She's, you know, super awesome. Yes. Uh, we found out not too long ago that she did have an involvement with this movie. Right. Uh, no one was completely sure what it was. We all had our suspicions that, like, oh, maybe the Miss Slimer's real. Uh, she told us, she came up to us on the red carpet and was like, hey, I can finally tell you guys I am the voice of Miss Slimer. And I freaked the fuck out. I just yeah, started clapping. I was like, "Yes, I knew it! I knew it!" And it was, it was like hearing like uh, like a baby's like gender announcement. Like I felt so excited. Like that was the closest <laughs> thing I could feel because I don't normally care about that stuff. I was just like, "Yes, I knew it!" Like I, I had great. my money on that. And, and, and people were really upset because. Miss Slimer was in all the TV spots leading up to it, and people were just like, oh, that does it. That puts me over the edge. I wanted to look at those people and go, hey, fuck you, man. If you can't have fun with that, do you not watch the real Ghostbusters? Like, are you, like, what? Why so serious? Exactly. Where is Heath Ledger? Rest in peace. But he had a good point with that whole why so serious (laughs) Yeah, you know, he's got a light up. But seriously, it's like, it's fun. It's silly. And they don't give him, they don't give Slimer backstory. For all we know, he's the same Slimer from the other movies, and he's crossing over. Uh, well, we're, we're, we're going to get to some of that stuff. Here. We'll so, get to so, that, yeah. So now we see Jillian. Another cameo, right? Um, we got another cameo? Um, we well, I mean, if you consider only the most iconic character uh-huh. in Ghostbusters lore, a cameo. The biggest. So 
We see them kind of coming through an alleyway. Jillian, uh, Abby, and um, well, before we see that, we see some pretty sweet fucking balloon ghosts. Well, that's so guys. The one balloon ghost, the one that like peeks around the corner, reminds me so much of the balloons that we see in Batman '89 during the Joker parade. Oh my god! Yes, that was amazing. So we see scary these scary and cute, like and menacing and adorable, which are like my favorite combinations. We, so. right, <laughs> we see these possessed, uh, like it was like a Macy's Thanksgiving kind of huge float. Oh, like a fucked up Thanksgiving. And I think somebody says that they start shooting proton streams at them as they're coming down the alley, and it's bam, pop, bam. There's ectoplasm pop. going everywhere. Yeah. And then the last one, of course, is as we've all known and suspected, my man, my man, <laughs> the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. He's just a sailor as a balloon. And he falls directly on them, squishing them to the ground. Oh, yes. And this scene could have been cheesy. It could have been too much. But it's funny. This is exactly how I pictured my death. Yeah, it's funny. (laughs) And they do this really good camera angle of them under the balloon. And they they do a close-up on Stay Puft's face. And he's emoting. And I don't know about you guys. I thought Stay Puft looked really good. And happy. And there's, like, something weirdly sexual and funny about the whole thing. And I loved it. It's so (laughs) odd and weird. And you feel bad for them. And then you get to see uh, Aaron Gilbert uh, fucking save the day. Save the day. With the Swiss Army knife. That was a fun little plant that was – you got that earlier when uh, Jillian references the fact that the proton gun is not ready for use and that it's crazy. Um, so she gives Aaron the little Swiss Army knife. So that's like a fun little Oh, I guess thing. we skipped over. We skipped scene. all around. Yeah. We, okay. We, we're the we Yes Have Some podcast. Yeah. We're yeah. Yes Have Some yeah. podcast. But, um, so Aaron uses the Swiss Army knife that she's given earlier in the movie in the, uh, the testing of the equipment scene. Um, and uh, she pops uh, Mr. Stay Puff, and he deflates. And now our team is back together. And they're about to embark on the Battle of Times Square, which, for what it's worth to me, has to be the coolest scene in the movie and possibly one of the top two or three best scenes of all three Ghostbusters movies. Yep. I mean, this battle, this is where the movie goes. That track on the score is the the best. The score is amazing. It goes to maximum overdrive. Rowan basically unleashes the hounds on New York. And this is stuff we've seen. you got the stilt ghost. There's all these spectral entities. There's pilgrims. There's pirates. There's and it's just an all-out balls to the wall battle. Right. And they're using all the equipment. You've got Abby using the proton glove. You've got um, Patty using the, the chipper. ghost chipper, yes, uh, which is basically like uh, like one of those what, what are those machines you put like a tree into it and it a turns it into chipper. mulch like a yeah. wood chipper. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then uh, you know you've got. Um, Kristen Wiig looking like a badass with that sidearm, like it's almost like a boson blast. Yep. Yep. Um, and then, guys, my man, no, <laughs> not again. Jillian Holtzman with the Ghostbusters theme orchestra behind her. I forgot about my toys. She's got the two proton pistols. They pop out of the side of the proton pack, and she just goes ape shit. And it's, like, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And we'd seen that scene teased before, but, like, the payoff was so... My second viewing of that, when you see the montage of her just going insane, like, fucking takedown, full-body tackle uh, with these, like, the barrage of ghosts that she uses the proton guns on, 
that literally had me like chanting and screaming like a fucking sports fan. Did you guys hear me in the theater? I sc- I wooed. I screamed. I was like, "Woo!" Woo! It was amazing. <laughs> it's oh, so good. I get so excited thinking about I've listened to that the battle for Times Square track 17 on the score like probably 25 times today. I did a dance around my living room, a routine that I am not even ashamed of. It was intense. It was a lot of cardio and I am so excited to go and see that scene again like that tomorrow night we're gonna see this movie again and that is the scene that i am most looking forward to i think it's my favorite scene in the movie i think i can go ahead and say it yeah like that montage is so so sick right so there's another there's another thing you get to see here is you get to see the 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 proton packs and um you know the other weapons the pistols that she has used in a way that's very similar to the video games there's no there's no trappings of any of these ghosts um, they're basically basically what you're saying is, uh, you know, in the video game you have to weaken, you have to, you know, you wrangle the ghosts until until they're too weak to do anything. Right, uh, mm-hmm. and that's basically what's happening here. You 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 know, when it's over, you got all these ghosts that are kind of dissipating around them. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and you know, it's almost like, oh wait, they don't have to trap these ghosts anymore, but it's. Basically, what you're seeing is that these just ghosts are, are weakened to the point where they're not a threat anymore. Right. And right. you get to and see they fucking clean house. It's so yeah. awesome. Right. Yeah, it's really pilgrim. good. Yeah, it, it's it's so good. And uh-uh. at no point in this movie does the thought of well, I wish this was guys. These were dudes. It never happens. Yeah. There's no way. There's no kid that's going to be like, well, I wish this was, uh, you know, like you know guys yeah. nobody fucking cares if they could look at that and be like oh that could be my mom or my sister or my whoever, girlfriend or the my fuck. wife or, it, it's, it's 2016 nobody fucking cares about any of this stuff right. anymore right like so yeah that, it's our, that our, loudly vocal minority that's been like unearthed like fucking bugs scattering like when there's a fucking tectonic plate like earth shifting which is what's happening with this movie it's fucking awesome and it's breaking ground and all those fucking haters are exposed by the the light that's shining from fucking jillian holtzman's like golden aura and fuck everybody that talks shit about this movie i'm gonna say it i'm so happy that it's doing well and that it's out there and it's empowering and i i'm sorry i'm i'm just gonna go on because being on that red carpet i got to see this little girl who was doing like a youtube show interview and she had her new uniform on and her proton pack on she was probably like i don't know seven or eight years old and she walks out onto the carpet and looks up at me and i look at her and i give her this like super nerdy thumbs up and she gives me a thumbs up right back and i just start crying right there like it just makes me so fucking happy to like see some like a little kid like that like a little girl who just looked like me and made me reminded me so much of myself at that age and to to see that and she all was, you had was charlie's angels i know and that shit charlie's angels i was super excited about that movie and i enjoyed it but like it's kind of like anti-femme deep down it's super exploitative like sexually and you can't watching it like there's there's some funny things but there's you know right. stuff that's not really great for girls and this fucking movie is so great for girls and it's it just amazing. makes me so happy so i just I'm so Thank happy you for that. that. Out there. We You're, needed that. Absolutely. That was good. Pro-fem moment brought to you by... Carnivorous um, Creations. Carnivorous Creations. <laughs> um, so listen. They clean up the town. They kick ass of all these ghosts. It's this amazing battle scene. It's a 
beautiful action sequence. All the effects are amazing. It's bright, it's colorful, it's fun, it's scary. It's everything you would want it to be. They go to the Mercado. They see all the police locked in position. There's some funny banter. They go in. Now they're on the hunt for Rowan. They know Rowan's in Kevin's body. And they, they encounter him. And Rowan basically tries to kill Kevin. Right? Yeah. So he basically... Oh, yeah. Nobody this hurts is, Kevin. Right. This is where we enter the completely batshit crazy part of the movie. And this might be my favorite. I know, Craig, when this... Okay. When we were watching this movie for the first time... Yeah. When this scene happened, you out loud said, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yes. And... What is happening? This might be one of my favorite parts in the movie and it's it's so if you want to take it you can go ahead well i was gonna set i'll set it up and then you can you can describe what's happening so um rowan is on the top balcony of the mercado he's in kevin's body and he basically leaves kevin's body leaving kevin to fall Mm -hmm. and the the girls catch him right and they save him there's this really funny line they're like he was just learning how to use the phone yeah he was just using it i think she's like I knew his uh, I knew his head was full of bricks, but what is his body made of? And, and uh, Chris always like all muscle, like and baby soft skin. Yeah, it's like so funny. So they save Kevin. They get they get him kind of out of harm's way, and then we see Rowan, and he's like, "Hey, what form should I take?" He's kind of toying with them, right? He's like, "What form should I take now?" And Leslie Jones says. How about a cute little ghost? A cute little yeah, friendly something ghost. Something cute, cute and cuddly. Yeah. And then Jake, what happens? Um, what happens, so, Jake? <laughs> so this is oh, a little Tell us what Rowan did to you. This is a little <laughs> different from what I was expecting. <laughs> now, I thought so I thought with all the toys and stuff coming out, all these like little cute Rowans we've been getting, I thought this was gonna be a different scene. So <laughs> so Rowan's kind of hiding, you know, and and you know he says, "What form should I take?" Something cute, and he just materializes straight up as the No Ghost logo, but it's it's completely the real Ghostbusters animation. Yeah, it, it looks like, like a hand drawn Roger Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> cool it's, world. I mean, yes. it's probably still CGI, but it's made to it's look, look like hand-drawn animation. animation. Yes. And so 2D. he's the no he's the no ghost logo and just like, you know, in between commercials for the real Ghostbusters, he like pops out of the no ghost symbol and the red, you know, logo becomes his bow tie. And we get probably 20-30 seconds of this fucking cute as fuck. Oh, like uh, no ghost Rowan, like a little kitten. Weird cartoon animation, and it is just the weirdest and best fucking thing in the movie. <laughs> I can't uh, wait. I cannot wait for Zach Myers to see that. I want to see what he thinks of that. God, yeah. I hope he likes it. I, I think really he's hope like he likes it. it. it Either you love it or just like explodes your brain. Like if it, you if you hate it, I couldn't this movie believe what I was with, seeing. That's just gonna tip you over. But I fucking loved it. Like I was like, it's, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. It's such a strange like you know nod to the cartoon, and I you know when immediately when we found out that Rowan was basically the no ghost logo back when the first, when the toys first came out, I remember my very first thought being like, ooh. 
what that's weird but then i immediately like fell in love with the idea of the villain being the logo somehow i don't know why i just always thought that was a very interesting thing to do right it's not something i ever would have thought of uh it's such a simple looking ghost you would never think to try to put that on film right um and then he manifests yeah, he, he, he immediately manifests into, like, the kind of scary oh, yeah. uh, Rowan. Now, I Sharp do... Sharp teeth. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would have liked more cute Rowan in the movie. And honestly, I feel like there probably was a lot more because there are figures and, you know, mini figures and finger puppets. And there are all these pictures of, like, a cute go- ghost Rowan that we never really see in the movie. Uh, like, the, vi- the vinyl pop version of Rowan that's not in the movie uh you know it's like here's what I wish I wish that they had like baby grooted it and like had him come back as the small form cute Rowan somehow like if they'd reversed him yeah. and like trapped him in that and then you see it like in a post credits thing and like he's oh just that would have been cool and like maybe he sticks around as Slimer and Miss Slimer's companion and there's like a yeah. family photo okay. what I what I thought was coming and and maybe maybe this was too obvious Jake's of a like, joke. Yeah, no, Abby. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I I like that. I I like that idea. Okay. What I thought they they were gonna do with it though is once once he leaves Kevin's body, he's kind of he's kind of hiding around. Uh, you know, and they're looking for him. They're like, "Where's he at?" And I thought the deal was gonna be like, "Oh, you know, show yourself." And I thought once he showed himself, he was just going to be this cute little ghost. And that was going to be the joke is that he's causing all these problems and he's just this cute little fucking ghost. Uh, they went a little different route with it, but still. Right. Um, right. Well, let me so, ask yeah. you this. So when he when he becomes giant like Kaiju Rowan. Right. Um, so it, it kind of looks basically like we thought it was going to look right. So um a little bit rougher, right? His skin is kind of like gelatin, and he's kind of like almost has a burnt kind of like look. Like a to volcanic, him. like yeah, magma. Yeah. Is like some of the seeping the through. toys are a little bit more straightforward and smooth. Um, I did get confirmation today that that one toy with the really scary face and the tail yeah. that was never released is based on an early concept of Rowan. He did have a tail originally. Oh, okay. Um, I got confirmation. And that, that really thing. scary looking face. Yeah, yeah. I want I, that art book. Like the compilation. Oh, I want the. That's exist. what. Hey, when and if we get Paul Feig on the show, like we're gonna ask about. That's all the thing sketches. I want to, you know, just badger him about is like the art of Ghostbusters really, 2016. Yeah, I really want to see all the concept art. I would love to see like how many different proton pack designs they went through, how many Slimer designs they went through before they landed on all this stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, Jake, real quick, the costume designs and all as that. As a Godzilla fan and a monster movie fan. And someone who loves Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, what did you think of Giant Rowan destroying buildings in New York? Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, I mean, I, you know, we saw the little glimpse of that in the trailer, um, which I kind of wish they didn't show. I wish they didn't show him giant in the trailers at all. But, oh, excuse me. Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I like that a lot. And then especially once... Um, I think it's Aaron shoots a stream up at him, and that's when a, his face gets a little burnt. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a creepy, scary image. That's a good way to make, you know, just like a cute little ghost, just to give it a whole other side. Terrifying. Whenever whenever you got them all burned up like that, right? Uh, and he's like two face Rowan. Uh, I really yeah. I really like that. I like the big giant Rowan destroying the city stuff. I uh, like- it all looked really good. 
I like the way his feet flopped and fell and kind of looked like it was like loose, like gelatinous yeah. skin. And they like and they kind of stuck to the ground. Like yeah. every time he lifted his foot up, it was kind yeah. of sticky and yeah. disgusting. I can't. And these visual effects were amazing. Yeah, They're so good. So fucking. On I cannot point. wait to see this movie again. Um, so he's destroying buildings. He kind of rises up through the Mercado. We see this. What's revealed is that we see the the machine has kind of started to create this portal under the Mercado, right? Um, That is releasing all of these ghosts, and it's kind of a swirling vortex. Um, The Ghostbusters are trying to take him down. There's the scene where they're going after him. They all shoot him in the dick, which is hilarious. (laughs) That's where you're all aiming, right? You're you're jumping the gun a little bit. I know. I'm getting getting nervous. uh, So, okay, so what happens is they're they're trying to figure out a way they need to close this portal down, and uh, Jillian's like, oh, well... You know, if we can reverse, let's cross the streams. Yeah, they're basically like, "Hey, let's cross the stream." She she figures out that if you know they supercharge the tanks on top of the Ecto One, it will it will cause basically a giant ghost trap. To right, happen. it'll turn if the portal can... under the Mikado into a giant. Trap. Yeah, and yep. and uh, Aaron has the line, the famous line from the original film. Uh, you know, it will cause a, a total protonic reversal. Yeah. Right. And that's what they need to do. So basically what happens is uh, they see Slimer driving the Ecto around. Yep. And they cause, you know, some things to maybe land in his way, try to get him to go the way they need him to go. They shoot the tanks on the on the Ecto. It falls into the portal. Uh, it works. It causes basically a giant ghost trap. All the ghosts are getting sucked in. And Rowan's getting sucked in, but he's a little too strong. Wait, real quick though, how good is it when the Ecto goes in, and then Slimer, Miss Slimer, just oh, the front the seat, bench seat, just it's like pops it up. looks like it, they're like at <laughs> Six Flags, oh, and they like go yeah. all the way up to the. You camera. expect a camera flash to go, like yeah. for them to pick up their picture later? Yeah, they pause oh, for yeah, a second sure. and fall. I mean, it was so good. Yeah. It was yeah. so good. It was. It was. That's when I was questioning my own existence. I was like looking around, like, <laughs> what is going on? Um, oh, right, so they, they, I they, thought the bubbles from the uh, the Muppet Show experience were just going to start dropping <laughs> from the ceiling. The um, <sighs> so yeah, the Ecto One goes in there. It does the it, the nuclear reaction creates total protonic reversal, turning the portal into a giant ghost trap. Then Jake, as you and said, then, they yeah. start trying to weaken Rowan to get him in there. Yeah, he's holding on to some buildings. He's he's a little strong. Uh, it's not pulling him in. So yeah. They shoot him in the dick to get him to <laughs> yeah. let go. Uh, and Patty's like, that's where you wanted it's us so to shoot, anti-male. right? so <laughs> anti-male. This movie's so anti-man. It's like, I hate it. Um, so, yeah, so Rowan's getting sucked in. And on his way in, he he grabs uh, Abby. Yeah, he grabs Melissa McCarthy. And he, he pulls her into the portal with him. Yep. And at this point, we've gone full-blown, multiverse, sci-fi, Parallel universes, other side. This is this is where shit, like, this is where the movie opens. The fan hits the fan. This is where the movie opens the door to any possibilities we have ever wanted in a Ghostbusters cinematic right. universe. Yes. Um, Rowan grabs Melissa McCarthy as he comes into the, um, as he goes into the portal, and Kristen Wiig. You know, that's her girl. They have their differences. They've had their issues, but that's her friend. Yes. She latches herself to, like, a wire, basically, or, like, a cable. Yeah. Is that attached? Yeah, it's from the, it's from the, 
the fire truck. Fire truck. Into the fire, just like the we saw those images with the right. fire truck at the one point. Yeah. Really yeah. She does the, She pulls. It. She pulls that Dennis Nedry grab, grabs the winch. Yep. Sticks. Yep. And that yeah. reminds me and throws back a little bit to Guardians of the Galaxy, like when they're all holding hands, or when Star Lord kind of goes out into space to save Gamora, and um, you know, gives her his mask. Like right. there's kind of that feeling of like. All right, let's fucking risk it all, and time is going to elapse very slowly while we all kind of take this in. Right. And uh, that bond of friendship is something that Paul Feig—it's like the glue that holds all of his characters together right. in the movies, in the well, because, stuff that he directs. So yeah, it Kristen Wiig latches on, and she dives into the portal. And I wasn't really sure what to expect of like, okay, what is? It? Is she just going to come popping out? No, we see the inside of the portal, and it's this bright green glowing like beautiful swirling swirling heavenly like it's somewhere in between guardians of the galaxy and like bill and ted like it's just (laughs) like you know like the time circuits yeah you kind of see rowan falling and it's just this big space of green yeah it's basically where time and space stop meaning anything and and kristen wig uses her pack as she's floating and shoots Rowan. He lets go of Melissa McCarthy. And Aren't there some Easter eggs floating around in there, by the way? Well, we've heard that there's some Easter eggs in there, but I don't. We haven't. Con- I, we've heard stuff. We're gonna All see right. the movie a couple more times and see if there's anything else we could find. Um, Send us your Easter eggs if you see them. Yeah, absolutely, because we want to explore all of those in detail. Um, but Kristen Wiig grabs Melissa McCarthy. They they kind of have an exchange, like, "Hey, I'm here for you. You're my friend. I love you." Rowan kind of falls into whatever eternal. I don't know. I don't know where he goes, but he's gone. Uh, yeah, another yes. the ghost dimension, whatever, yes. wherever yes. he Purgatory. is, another world. He's somewhere. And then um, between the worlds, they kind of we it cuts to Jillian and Patty who have the other side of the wire, and it's now daytime because Rowan going into the portal has reversed everything. We're and back the Mercado has rebuilt itself. Things are getting back to good yes, normal. Yes, and they're and pulling them out. They're tugging the cable. And then they pull him back through the portal. Yep. Guys, mm-hmm. this scene was insane. Yes. It is absolutely the most insane Aaron thing. says, I wasn't going to leave you twice. And they pop back out and they've both got crazy white hair. And it's I not... want to get a white wig now. And I need to get an accurate uniform so that I can do Aaron Gilbert. So uh-huh. the white hair, both of them having white hair, is that just because, like, was there a passage of time or is it just shock? Yeah, is, I think when you're there's like that like you hear when it's like you, a medical thing, right? When you see something super frightening and scary, like your hair goes white, or when you go through extreme stress or whatever, right. your your hair goes white. So, um, and then there's some funny banter there where Jillian's basically like, uh, they they say how long we were gone, what year is it? And Jillian says it's 2040. Our president's a plant. It's um, <laughs> amazing. Um, and you just feel so good at that moment, like. It's the Viam I covered with goo. Like, it's everyone's, like, just, you just, I love you. Like, you just want to hug everyone that's around you. It's a lot of positivity. It was a really, it's a really, I don't even think, uh, we could talk about it for hours. We wouldn't do it justice because it's so visually stunning. You just got to see it. Um, But then that's not it. Like, there's, that's not it. It keeps going. So, so basically, the city's like, hey, thanks, Ghostbusters. You saved the world. Um, But we can't talk about it. We can't talk about it. Kind of. What can we do for you? And of course, they arrange to move into the firehouse. Um, yep. And it feels good. And that's where we get another cameo where we learn that, surprise, surprise, Patty's uncle is. 
Ernie Hudson. Hudson. Ernie Hudson, yeah. Um, and he is pissed, y'all. Yeah, he's not happy that his other car is now in another dimension. <laughs> yes, it's not New Jersey. That's a very funny oh. joke. It's not in New Jersey. And, when um, we saw that movie, uh, the, when we saw the second viewing, that his cameo in particular got like a really his cameo is really funny. And he's like, how am I supposed to run a, a, you know, I got funerals this week and I only have one hearse. And Patty's like, can't you double them up? And he's like, I'm not going to stack them up like flakjacks. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Um, and and full circle that's great, it. Yeah. That's it. That The movie ends there. Kind but of. Not. Right? There's so that's stingers. where we get our, our end credits, right? Okay. Um, so having gone through all that, we're going to do a quick, like, extra end five... End credits are their own, like, feature. Right, though. we'll do a five-minute breakdown of, of the rest of that. But going through all of that, when the movie ended, I felt very good about what I had just saw. I feel even better about the next couple minutes. So do you guys just want to just knock it out now? Yeah, why Yeah, not? just do it, man. Just all right, it. cool. So the movie ends, and immediately we start getting some post-credit scenes of them. The, new, the team moved into the firehouse, right? So... They're interacting. They're, they're doing the work. They're doing work. They're 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 moving in their equipment. This is where we get the Sigourney Weaver cameo, yes. where we find out that she's Jillian Holtzman's quote unquote mentor. mentor. There's definitely a sexual tension there. There though. is some merging going on. There is some <laughs> like also, mirroring yeah. in their dress and their hair. And there is like yes, like there is like body language too. I love that cameo. That's probably my favorite cameo. I'm gonna go ahead and fucking say it. I enjoyed that one the most. And they introduced the um, the containment unit in that scene. Yes. Yeah, so we get the containment unit. Uh, it's got the um, the little that sweet little Easter egg that somebody had already pointed out, where uh, the little sign says D. Barrett and V. Clortho on yep. it. You get to see it super quick. Um, yes. But you, there's even like a trap in the uh, um, the containment unit at the time. You get a cool little cool little glimpse. Yep. Uh, maybe they're setting it up. You know, we'll see more of it. Maybe down the road. Um, It was great seeing the the interior of the firehouse full of all this equipment. It was was really, really cool. Yeah, for sure. That's where we get the, like, bear trap, uh, ghost trap that you you see in the trailer. That's all in in these scenes. Um, What what happens after that? What's the next thing? Well, so it kind of goes through those couple scenes, and then we see the scene of of, uh, the Thank You New York scene. Right. Or the Thank You Ghostbusters where all the buildings are illuminated with – the hearts and the Ghostbusters, yeah. and it's super. I mean, you could say it's cheesy, and but it's sentimental and it's sweet, and it, it kind of it vibes with the rest of the movie. Yeah. So I actually really like. Think it. of like the shot of all the guys in Ghostbusters two with their heads peeking out of the you know the the crown of the right. Statue of Liberty kind of where you're like, yeah, this is a good heartwarming movie. Yeah. Um, but then we go into the actual credits where we get the entire Kevin and the police and military dance scene that was cut. Yeah. From the movie. Yes. Yep. Now, it was cut from the actual movie. They do it through the credits. The song they're playing, which is what it's Get Ghost by, what is it, like Mark Ronson and some other people on the soundtrack. I think so, yeah. I think so. Um, it is dancey. I loved it. I yes. thought it was super I'm, fun. Yes. I'm very happy that they, um, that they integrated that footage in that fashion because I think if it was in the movie um, as a whole scene, it would probably become the target that – everyone would uh, hold up and say, well, yeah, well, that movie had that stupid fucking dance scene in it. And, like, it would probably get uh, just a lot of shit attracted to it. So I think it was really smart for them to do it this way. Um, And I just, I think it played out really well. I think it made the credits something really enjoyable to watch, which is something I like. Like, kind of like uh, Deadpool had all that animation with their credits, and it was just 
just it was just an extra added little like all right double prizes cool i get to watch some extra footage and it was and funny. also the th- apparently the the 3d in this movie um, i don't think it was just the ending credits was done by james cameron's right hand man the 3d during the ending credits is so good yes it looks so good yes um so we get the whole Kevin dance scene. He's just going and nuts. flashes of like little Easter eggs and tidbits, like the other drawings that he did of the uh, the boob ghosts, yep. which I yeah. love and want to get also prints of or tattoos oh. of alternately. Yeah, you get all kinds of stuff. The credit the credits for this movie are really fun because it's just like it's like it, it keeps going. You keep getting you keep little you keep getting little nuggets, you know, and uh, it's really good. Um, yeah. So we we get that whole dance scene, and then the we get the, we get the end credits, right? And then it goes into the actual end credits, and um, obviously we've got some friends that worked on the movie, which I don't know if we're supposed to say or whatever, but it was really cool to see their stuff. And then of course the two things that are just you know I might get choked up talking about it right now. Yeah, um, they went out of their way to give a special thanks to Ryan Kemp in the credits. Uh, obviously Ryan Kemp. Uh, was a giant Ghostbusters fan, a huge positive force in the Ghostbusters fan community, and we lost him last year in a terrible car accident. Um, he was a mainstay at Dragon Con and PKE Surge. We all miss him, and they put his name. They said thank you to Ghostbusters super fan Ryan Kemp, and they didn't have to do that. Um, it's amazing. Like it, it just—it's a small touch like that that kind of shows you where their their head and their right. heart is. And the crowd, like we. Just erupted in the it was theater. So yeah. cool. It was a really special moment to have that like extension of him lived out and that spirit just kind of charged, you know, throughout the room. It was really. It cool. was really special, and then of course it says for uh, Harold Ramis there at the end, um, which yep. is just you know it's another like, it's just weird. It, it's weird to have a Ghostbusters heart, it's movie. It's hearts in the fucking right place. Yep. Like that's that. I think that's what I said earlier. I was talking to my brother on the phone. Um, this because th- it's like. The Papa John slogan, like, better ingredients, better pizza. Like, all the things that went into this movie, they were just really good quality people and, like, really good quality work. And, like, there's no – it's not a surprise to me watching it and being as impressed with it as I am, like, and, and having it um, just just really be, like, a knocking it out of the park type situation. I, I'm just – I'm so excited to go and see it again tomorrow night, so. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and then you get Wait, through all that. It's- it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. There's more. You get oh, wait, through three or four Jesus credit Christ. scenes. You get the whole dance scene. The movie it, it it just keeps going. We get a post credit stinger, and this is going to be the thing that a lot of people take from this movie and talk about. They'll analyze it to death. They'll overanalyze it. It's going to cause a lot of fan discussion. We see our four Ghostbusters in the lab, all working on different stuff, and then. We see Patty Tolan, Leslie Jones, listening to a voice recording. She hears an EVP, we assume. She says, guys, this is really weird. And they say, what? She takes off her headphones and she says, who is Zool? Or maybe it's, what is Zool? Oh, shit. Yeah, what I think it's what. What is Zool? What is Zool? And, um, and... And then the People movie just ends. Freak the fuck out. That's it. It's like, and we all know Zool, the minion of Gozer, the gatekeeper, mm-hmm. um, the the you know the the from Ghostbusters with, yeah. with 
you know, the the spirit that took over Dana Barrett's body and mm-hmm. got uh-huh. with Vince Clortho and, and, and brought Gozer to Earth. Yeah. That's what Zool is. That's what I wanted to tell Leslie Jones. Like, Zool, we know her. Just let us answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Paul Feig let said in an interview, like, hey, we put it in there. It's comforting. It's warm. It tells everybody, hey, maybe somehow we'll be able to bring back stuff from the original movies into this. Try not to overthink it. Don't just say that's it. The sequel's going to be Zool because so many things. There's so many factors that go into it. it. It's that big scoop of mac and cheese at the end of the meal. But to me, what it means is that the movie we just saw. I'm just going to put it out there. Even though at the ending credits it's called Ghostbusters: Answer the Call, we just watched Ghostbusters three. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I I just it's just not something I ever thought I would say. I mean, listen, there's we're we're gonna. Okay, we, 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 we mentioned it earlier. We're going to do an entire episode of, of theories for this movie because there are tons to. of them, and there yeah. are so many things in this movie that open up. You know, the, the government knowing about ghosts opens up so many questions about this universe. Yep. Uh, the fact that the Stay Puft Marshmallows still exist in this world. Uh, yeah. Slimer is here. There's, there, there's a portal to a, another dimension. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Ray's or Dan Aykroyd's cameo knowing about ghosts apparently like there's so many weird there's several slimers it's like a race of ghosts there's yeah there's so many things that we can talk about there's so many ways that they can tie this into the universe and i think that's what a lot of people wanted um obviously uh but it's really really exciting looking forward um, and to me that's part of the reason that be. that's part of the reason why they're branding it as ghostbusters answer the call it's not just a remake of Ghostbusters. It's not a reboot. It's not a revisitation. To me, this is a continuation Another story. Of a, of a universe that was established in 1984, continued in 1989, continued throughout the video game, and this is the next uh, logical it's extension. It's the fourth cataclysm. It's the fourth yeah. thing. This is... Uh, they didn't want to... Is the video game I the think, third? Yeah. I, think, I think Paul Feig's a little bit of a trickster. I think, I think he, so he's. Yeah. I think he's doing something kind of smart. He wanted this movie to stand on its own, which it does. But there are about 352 ways that this movie is a sequel to Ghostbusters and not just uh, a reboot. Um, yeah. There's so many ways they can go with it, and yeah. dude, it's exciting. It is yep. exciting. It goes both ways. It goes all the ways. Yeah. It's what you want it to be because it's 2016. And that's the thing. And as far as, the, you know, people will say, well, what about the cameos? They're different characters. Like, listen, it's still a movie. You know, we're, we, we don't have answers. Are they alternate versions of their regular characters? Maybe. Are they just fun things to put in the movie to, to, to kind of warm us up and reintroduce? Because the, the, the way I see it, even if they continue on and connect all the universes... We're not getting Peter Venkman in another Ghostbusters movie. No. We're probably no. going to get Ray and Winston. Um, but even if they're there briefly, they're going to be introducing new teams and new and new people. Mm-hmm. So the way I see it, this is the next logical step. This is a, a reinvigoration for the franchise. We've been talking about it for over two hours, and I couldn't be happier with what I saw, and we're going to see it many more times. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, we... We did a lot of talking about. I mean, we just went through the movies pretty much straightforward. Uh, there, there are things here and there that that I think could have been improved upon. Uh, there's, there's definitely a little bit of a um, a pacing and maybe an editing issue here and there. I feel like 
you know, as as you said, the, what the the first cut was like four hours, and Paul Feig has already come out and said that there's going to be like a 17 extra minutes uh, director's cut when this comes to DVD, and you can tell that maybe some Rowan stuff got cut, maybe some Kevin stuff got cut, but uh, I, I feel like almost all like i'm watching the movie and i'm like oh yeah i mean maybe it could use some more rowan but there's so much good going on that i don't give a shit yeah if my only complaint is that the villains could have used a little more fleshing out it's like all right that's i guess (laughs) that's really it but the good is so good that it's like who fucking cares about the villains like i've got holtzman and all those holtzman dance sequences and that dance we didn't even talk about the dance aaron gilbert and with kevin like that it's like her like restrained sexuality is so hilarious so, like her nervousness and like just her character I, I've seen complaints where people say oh they're all the same character they're too similar like they're no, so they're so very different it's so unique it's so hilarious each within themselves well listen guys here's the thing we're gonna be talking about this movie for a long time we're gonna be breaking it down looking at it at every angle we got a very exciting weekend ahead of us we're gonna see it more we're gonna see it with our friends we're gonna track that box office and you know what? Sooner rather than later, we're going to know what the next step in the Ghostbusters universe is, whether it's a movie, TV show, animated movie, or whatever. And uh, Ghostbusters High School. Well, you know, if things go my way, it'll be <laughs> Ghostbusters High School. Um, but listen, let's just call it a, call it a night here. I uh, love talking about this with you guys. I hope everybody enjoyed. As always, go to Facebook.com slash cast. Let us know what you thought. Go to yeshavesomecast.com. Uh, ask questions, make fun of us, say hi, do whatever you want. We love interacting with you guys. Twitter at YHS Podcast, Instagram at YHS Podcast. Um, go see it. Let us know your go thoughts. Go see the movie. I hope you've seen it. If you heard all this, yeah, yeah. Don't. Yeah, that's that would be terrible. Right. Well, listen, guys. Thank you so much, uh, Ab, Jake. Anything else? No, just you know, just go see it. You know, we're gonna. There's a lot of discussion that's gonna come out of this movie, and I know we're gonna have a lot of long episodes after this. But um, yeah, just like just stop and just go see it. Just shut up. I don't care if you don't. I don't care if you don't tell everybody you're going. If you feel if you're an idiot and you feel embarrassed because you've been talking shit the whole time, just be quiet and just go watch the movie. And hey, and then make up your mind. Then hate it. Absolutely. <laughs> Try. Yeah. We're good, we're good, we're good. Guys, thank you so much. Road, we're here. Long live this two-year build-up, this Yes Have Some podcast build-up has been great. We're here. We're just getting started. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will see you on the other side. One shit, all over some dumb shit. Ain't that some shit? And niggas remind me of a strip club. Cause every time you come around, it's like, what? I just gotta get my dick sucked. And I don't know who the fuck you think you talking to, but I'm not him. I explain, so watch what you do. Or you will find yourself very next to someone else. And we all thought you loved yourself, but that couldn't have been the issue. Or maybe they just say you're not now cause they miss you. And a nigga tried to miss you. That's why you laying on your back looking at the